to the ether today is friday october 28th 2022 today on the ether part one of a two-part chepe space the cosmos strategy let's take a listen damn it my apologies i had to my put my hand up when it's like an afk situation i've had a phone call and i couldn't couldn't avoid it I wasn't sure if you were telling us to put our hands up. No, it's just <laughs> like, uh, this, this stupid app. I need to like message Elon Musk to add an AFK button. It's like when there's a phone call or something, it doesn't like clarify that someone's not there. Right. And you can't like, what are you going to put someone on hold on a phone and come back to a spaces? Then it's kind of fucked up anyway. Um, yeah. So I missed your whatever version of explanation of, of, uh, of uh, Umi. Um, actually, Nollar was here a minute ago. He started a validator on Kujira. Mm, I was trying to get a little bit of info from him because he was looking for people to um, he was looking for people to uh, stake with his new validator. And I'm trying to figure out like uh, exactly how to do that. <laughs> so maybe he'll come back later. You guys have a new Kujira? I, I have a thousand of it. I just built a small little pile. Just, hey, uh, you know, I like to support um, Cosmo chains that I think are going to be here. And, um, you know, Kujera is building. They're working hard, working hard in a bear market. So I have a thousand with it and I'll be adding to it as as I grow within Cosmos. But, yeah, they're, they're another one that's going to be here long term. Yeah, I'm looking to see how much I have. Um... Yeah, I got airdropped. Um, yeah, about about six thousand six hundred fifty Kuji, um, which is worth about about sixty five hundred bucks at the moment. I I, I uh, originally had, I think it was like, I invested like maybe three thousand bucks worth into Kuji originally uh, back on Terra, and I think there was some minimum amount you had to have in order to. Um, there was a minimum amount you had to have in order to use some of their features. Like they, it was like they had some, um, I don't know, like it's like a dashboard. Right? Yeah. I was yeah. using their dashboard features. So I paid some initial amount. I just figured I'd have enough Kuji for the purposes of, um, you know, just having enough to actually use the system and not like as some kind of mega investor or something. But I, you know, I'm pretty happy with, what looks like more or less a doubling of my um, initial investment, which was um, so that's not bad. And I think there's a there's plenty of upside for it. Um, I'm trying to see like what their market cap is right now. Do you guys happen to know? Let's see. Um, obviously, its top was like over two dollars somewhere. Mm, it's ranked two fifty three coin market cap, and it is currently 
Our market cap of um, 96 million with a fully diluted valuation of 127, so that's not bad. And the yield from Kujira is mainly from revenue from the system and not from inflationary yields. So you don't have a lot of like selling pressure necessarily. Yeah, I think I think like I, I want to say early November, and, and I mean, don't quote me on that, but I guess like all the the team tokens that from early investors have been unlocking like per block up until I think it's like first or second week of November. Okay. So that's so after then, like there's literally like I mean, it just goes to you know almost no real sell pressure from investors. I guess I mean, obviously mm -hmm. they can dump their bags whenever, but that constant you know unlocking yeah. investing of their tokens is done so how do fairly soon i wish another was here i like I, one of the questions i have is then how do validators get paid if not for the inflationary rewards and do they make enough money like do they, do they make enough money to um like function right like you have to make a certain amount just from the revenue and stuff have you heard anything um, so I was looking into it. We validate already on Luna and we used to validate on Evmos. And uh, right now, to be honest, if you are validating on Kujira, you are really, uh, you're really just supporting the network. It's not earning enough as a validator to really pay the bills yet, but we all see the, where it will go, right? As soon as this catches on, this thing will be self-sustaining. We all see that. But uh, right now, it's it's just not there. It's like it's not like just emitting stuff like uh, other chains, right? So it's it's different. Um, here's a question: So, do you have to be in the active validator set with some minimum amount staked in order for you to be earning, just like the usual Cosmos situation? I would imagine yes, so. Yes. Right now, right now, I believe their system seventy five active in the set. And it's close to like, I don't know. Last time I checked, it was like maybe 300,000 Kuji to what's your last place person. So it's not even inflation rewards. So right now, so Nollers Validator, which is Flywheel Management, uh, it says run by nextnet.works. Um, uptime, uptime 100%, inactive. And there isn't any significant amount of Kuji um bonded right now i think it's like two kuji or something like literally just started um so i guess uh i don't know if i have like around six thousand tokens i'm trying to figure out i wish he was here like um trying to figure out how many he has to reach to get the active set um uh so I can, it looks, I can, yeah, yeah it's, it, i'm looking right now and the lowest active one uh only has like three thousand kuji um but that's that's self-bonded that's not what the thing is because you have to have delegations right so the the person you got to look at delegations not self-bonded <clears throat> so i'm telling you it's way more money to get in the active set like it's a lot i can tell you right now hold on a minute so like i don't know there's okay so active set mm, i mean i'm looking at cosmos spaces it says self-delegation one kuji and then bonded tokens serati is active and they're like 5k yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> Fuck it. I'll, I'll, I'm going to help him. <laughs> it's not that much money either way. Um, now, just... an interesting point, Sefi, on Kujira is that on low gas chains, you need to find another way to make money. And normally that's MEV. However, they don't have 
so much MEV. You can't really bid on liquidations and things like that because they removed the first come first serve elements because it's all in this queue, you know, with Orca. So you kind of remove, you democratize that that source of like yield, the MEV yield, and give it out to people who queue. Um, but otherwise, that could have been won by validators and distributed uh, to them as well. So it's kind of an interesting point. Um, just the design of the chain, having the sequence so that way, it, it kind of takes away a source of potential revenue, which could be the largest source of revenue if Kujira pops off. Uh, but of course, then they bake fees into everything. That so so by baking in these little fees, which send um, cash back to the validators from various transactions, like. I think when you trade on their decks, um, or is it to Kuji stakers? No, it's to Kuji stakers. Wait, so what? Hang on. Uh, yeah, the, the other question is like, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good chunk of money. Like, is this the best thing to park this in? Um, yeah, right. In terms of, so what makes me nervous about a non-inflationary yield system for a standard Cosmos chain? would be like is there sufficient revenue uh for validation uh is one of the things and then the second thing is kind of um you know a lot of other things are going to do really well but have um like a more consistent yield output so i don't know I'm not sure uh well they're going to come out with all their apps and, and like, I think local, I, I believe they're doing a certain percentage to the stakers. And I, I have a feeling that most of the dApps that are going to launch there are also going to follow suit. And so you're going to have having all these like really slick dApps that have a percentage also going to the stakers and the protocol. It's going to snowball, I believe. The other thing is um, I didn't realize that uh, the boys here uh, did a lunk down one for Kuji. So there's that too. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, uh, I sort of like mentioned to Nala I might uh, uh, throw some money at it, but I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think in general, I don't know if you're on the Kujira site now, but their their staking um, interface is probably like yeah, it's the right, best right. in the biz. I'm yeah, on it like right now. Well, Kujira, the Kujira team is one of the uh, had the best uh, some of the best user interfaces on Terra for sure. And they definitely make beautiful user interfaces. And we know that people love use, like people love to use these kind of interfaces, right? Like uh, they're more likely to throw money at something pretty, <laughs> but also their protocols worked. That's the other benefit like of Kujira and Terra, their shit always worked. Yeah. yeah like the Kujira site is, it's amazing. You go in there and you feel like a pro just <laughs> walking in there. Exactly. And honestly, that's, that's one of the reasons why I, I, I didn't get the airdrop. I, I actually spent my own fiat and invested into Kujira. I, I walked in there and I was like, these guys are working too damn hard to not support them. So, you know, I got in there and I, I staked some. But, yeah, I, I like the look. I like the feel. I like the work ethic of the team. I think they need an AMM at this point. Um, I think if they had an AMM or even like a GMX style perps thing, that would pop off. Uh, right now, Finn is actually kind of slowing things down quite a bit. That's my two t my two cents. Yeah, I mean, they are going to be offering leverage here in a bit, right? As far as like, well, on I Finn. mean, I would say that's. I mean, it depends how much liquidity they can raise. Um, you know, they, they, I wouldn't recommend that they take on a perps exchange uh, purely because you need to have an insurance fund about five hundred k per market. 
and then you need someone to market make properly because right now there's not any proper market making as far as I can see. There's just the black whale vault, which is keeping a really, really horrible spread. Well, it's way too wide. That's why they're building their own vault. Oh, here's, um, a, here's a stupid question. Uh, should I leave any money undelegated on Kujira for either fees or um, for anything cool that I should be doing on Kujira that I'm not doing now? Probably minimal. No. I mean, um, yeah, unless you, wanted to, unless you wanted to LP on that black whale. Um, which are there any, are there any good LPs in there? Yeah, I think there's like a Kuji Axle USD one. Um, that's the one that I was in for a minute, and then when uh, I don't know Kuji dumped, and I had a lot more USDC, so I I or it, I don't know whatever it is, I ended up having more of what I wanted, and I cashed it out. So I mean, I I left a little bit liquid in there, just like what you were saying, like in case something interesting i needed some kuji for and it kind of remains pretty liquid as far as like your ability to withdraw it so it's not like you have okay. to bond it or anything yeah because kajira one of the things is um some of the most useful things you can do on kajira was not so much owning the coin some of the coolest shit you can do on kajira is like just like if you have cash and it's sitting around doing nothing and you're but you're not comfortable with buying something at a current price like some of the most useful things on Kajira were, were access to liquidations and get like really cheap discounts on something you wanted anyway, like an Atom token or something like that. But um, how good has the um, Kajira Orca been lately? Have you guys used it? Have you tried to bet on whatever? Yeah, no, it works really great. Just like it did on Terra. Smooth, really smooth. And I was just thinking about this. Like if you can actually already mint uh, USK with Atom, you can start the game here actually. Uh, you can start to borrow against your atom and put bids in on, uh, like you were just saying, with USK. Catch that, let it go back up. You can start the game again, actually, right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, the only thing that really, I, I don't know, like I, I, I had some in USK for a bit, and then I, I took it out because, I don't know, I, I felt like I wasn't really doing much with it. So by until, until like ST Adam is able to mint, usk i think uh i don't know it just seems seems like a no-brainer once the liquid staking version is is available um, but yeah uh, 2g axle on black whale right now is and, and granted i think these are over like a seven day period is like a 56 percent apy so if you want to just keep like a you know some kuji and some axle i mean most there's like kuji usk there's kuji atom uh stars axle atom axle so and they're all around like 60 percent. so i mean it's not it's not terrible. And like, I like that because it's also a little bit liquid too. So like, you can just jump out of the LP. Like if you, if you feel like it made a move in your favor or something. Okay. Oh, Nalar, by the way, congratulations. You're in the active set now. <laughs> Thank you so much. I had about uh, 6,600 or so Kuji. So I dumped it in there. Beautiful. Yeah. We just literally launched our validator last night. Uh, or like two nights ago. Yeah, I saw your message. Uh, and uh, crazy that you guys are all talking about uh, USK because we are, I'm literally like 30 seconds away from posting proposal on Discord uh, to create like a, a framework for like setting interest rates and onboarding collateral for Kajira. Um, so that'll be out within like, I'm literally copy and pasting the proposal right now. Um, so if you guys want that to happen, uh, I would suggest 
provide some feedback so that we can get it onto our governance proposal and then get it finally live on chain. It's actually funny. I'm I'm actually like staked with all sorts of Terra friends. I've staked with Noller. I've staked with uh, like uh, who else? Uh, Donku. I've staked with uh, the different Cosmos basis people. I've staked with um, Larry Zero X. I staked with Bruce and Jimmy, and like it's pretty cool. Like <laughs> it's funny. Uh, so anyway, everyone's gonna like keep giving me alpha or whatever because I'm staking with everybody. <laughs> so. <laughs> I have a quick question for Naylor. You said you're going to on, uh, put this proposal for onboarding liquidity to Kujira. Are you talking about native? Or, I mean, you're talking about like I could, like what, like bonded other tokens from other ecosystems? So essentially, like, so from what we've seen existing right now um, with Kujira is they've literally just thrown like Adam and Dot, right? Um, so what this proposal will do is develop kind of a framework to easily onboard collateral. So like. Um, we essentially have to create groups of collateral. So like the four groups in this proposal um, that I am putting up right now, I'm just going to navigate to it right now, is essentially market-making receipt tokens. So that would be like your Blackwell token uh, and any, any other market-making protocol that comes out. Liquid-staked assets, which would be like your SD Atom, your SD Stars, or your like Quicksilver-staked assets. Um, and then your regular assets which they've already used, which is like Atom, your Dot, your Stars, right? And then also I have the idea of like stability assets. So like if a protocol comes out with Delta neutral, Delta neutral tokens or like really, really stable LP tokens that we have, um, those should also be used. Um, and then what this framework does is then takes that idea and says, hey, now that we have those groups, we should have a formula that then determines the interest rate, right? And with that interest rate, you're going to base it off of, you know, how liquid is the market? Uh, what are the existing bids on, on, on FIN right now? And how are these different types of collateral adding value to the existing ecosystem, right? So just like to make this like really simple, right? Like we would want to see more black whale receipt tokens for market making being used as collateral because not only does it allow USK to grow, but it also adds value on the FIN side of things where FIN's able to become a more usable DEX because there's more liquidity there. So we're just trying to make you know a basic framework for it, which will kind of then be reviewed monthly by a body like the Senate or a separate economic council that would get created by Kajira. And then you can sort of also make sure like, hey, you know, we're kind of balanced in that way. Like, like not all of our money is going, is being like leveraged up on market making receipt tokens or not all of the money is being leveraged against standard crypto assets, right? So we kind of keep a balance and we continue to shift both the interest rates and the maximum mint amount uh, to keep everything in check so that we don't have, you know, extreme conditions. Can I shameless, shamelessly uh, plug the fact that we're making a collateral and we're going to revive bone uh, B Luna. Can we bring it over there? Um, that would not be up to me. My work is just a <laughs> proposal. Uh, it would end up being a governance thing. Uh, that would, that would right. onboard it. Right. I'm, I'm going to start working on that then. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, Nalar, uh, so since you're probably uh, more used to using the new Kajira, um, 
because I haven't played with it at all. Um, I just kind of was waiting for you to have your activate active thing up and, uh, you know, validate what Kuji I had. Um, like, what are your favorite uh, positions or things to do on Kuji at the moment? Just like some, if people want to try some things that, what, what do you think is the most effective use of, you know, maybe your money on Kuji at the moment? I think right now, Black Whale is probably the best. Um, that also depends on like your account size. Like if you're going to put like a couple thousand, probably Black Whale is the way to go. If you're gonna Wait, put, what's, like, what's Black Whale exactly? What do I do? Like, I'm- So what Black Whale does is they pool your money and then they run a market making strategy, kind of like a grid bot um, on FIN. So if you're putting like under 10K, I'd probably say, or maybe under 20K, I'd probably say, hey, just go to Black Wheel and they'll manage everything for you. Um, but if you're going to get more than like 20K, you can probably run, I think Dove or Hans put out a simple market making bot, which you can run if you have the interest in like tweaking with things. Um, and that will provide like value for you. Um, but if I'm being completely honest, because um, you're still in its infancy, I don't think there's very much you can do right now. Um, we just need to, like, if you own Kuji, what you essentially need to do, realize is that you need to do your part to sort of increase the functionality of Finn so that everyone else comes in here and trades. And that's how your Kujira is going to increase in value. Um, I think that's the key thing. So finding any way you can do that is, is ideal. Cool. Um, yeah, I think, um, well, I mean, just I'm playing on the Finn site now. It's pretty awesome. Um, pretty beautifully designed. Like, it looks like a proper uh, exchange, really. Um, so it's, they're obviously uh, credibly producing stuff that works, which is great. And they all, they sort of always have. Um, the token price itself, I think it, um, after it sort of pumped to some extent, it went to a peak of about a buck eighty-eight for Kuji. Um, it's like kind of triple bottomed in the dollar to eighty cent range. So I think it looks pretty good overall market cap. I think at a you know ninety-six million or whatever is not too wild. Mm, I think the overall sort of um, yeah, like you said, if the team tokens, whatever, are any kind of sales are finishing up by November. Or the unlocks are, are done. Um, my suspicion is a lot of people are going to keep their team tokens at this point. Like the price just seems like it would have a lot more upside over time with the credible construction of the site or the chain and plenty of useful dApps. So I think what I'm going to do is just hold on to it. Um, uh, like these are the kinds of things like in bull market conditions that are kind of like um, feasible to do like three to five X, 10 X's, things like that. So I think I'm just going to hold on to my coins and just stake them and call it a day on there. And and I think I might use the system, uh, maybe if I want to buy more Atom tokens in particular, uh, and, but I don't want to like buy them outright. I can just put a either a limit order here on Finn, or I guess I could like bid for liquidations and things like that. Um, have there been a lot of liquidations, Nollar? Like, what's what are the odds of hitting a liquidation these days? It's not super high. There was some earlier today, but they've added analytics now. So if you go onto orca.kajira.app and then you view like the atom market, 
and then you can click analytics the top left area you can kind of see the value at risk along with liquidations you're like hitting a liquidation every day or other day honestly um but it's not a lot yeah to, to me the most clear and obvious thing that that could be deployed on kujira chain is a gmx style fork with Orca liquidating positions on it. So like open up some degenerate perps exchange. I know it's not particularly, I mean, it is sustainable. It is sustainable as long as you don't fund it with too many tokens. As long as you don't have to throw too many tokens at this thing. In other words, what you're saying is we need some shit to liquidate. <laughs> right. <laughs> to make yeah, it we work. Need some, we need a casino. If you want to make money on liquidations, you need a casino. It's very, very straightforward. And you also need one with infinite liquidity and zero slippage which is why gmx is so tasty as like an initial idea an initial way to bootstrap a uh, uh an application and then from there you can say okay now we become the binance style peer-to-peer perps but first i'm going to provide some like peer-to-pool style thing which isn't really a perps protocol it's just like emulating one um so that like that that is the most obvious thing i think that, that could be done on Kujira right now. I think I agree with you, but I think what needs to happen first is like Finn needs to get a lot more liquidity first for that to happen. Um, there's just not enough liquidity for Finn to allow for them to do that. Like the way they've done their margin model is actually really interesting because like if you go on Adam USK, you can get isolated margin to go along like 2.5x. And all they've done is they've wrapped uh, the like collateralized debt position for like your regular mint into this, um, which works actually really well, surprisingly. Um, but the only issue is like their leverage is not super high. And it just comes down to the fact that like there's not enough liquidity in the in the system for it to work. Like all of Adam, I think right now has like, like the Adam USK pool has, I think it's like $10,000 in liquidity maximum. Yeah. That's um, no, 100%, 100% agree. That's like the missing piece for like most of Cosmos is, is liquidity, but particularly like chains like Kuji and Evmos, it's like, where is the money? Um, and, and that's why something like GMX is really nice because you can just add, I, I own zero GMX, by the way. Um, and that's, it's because you can add, anyone and their grandma can add liquidity. Um, and it's really straightforward. It's just like, yep, great. Thank you, done. GMX currently is its own chain or is it on Polygon? Where's, where's it at? It's on it's, uh, Arbitrum. Uh, yeah, it's an arbitrum. Okay, I don't know there's like a lesser much. liquidity. There's like a lesser liquidity version on Avalanche too. It's like weird because uh, there's like price discrepancies between like the GMX or the GLP token, which essentially backs the asset of that's of the of the site is like yeah. Like I haven't played with GMX so, maybe mostly because I don't gamble as much as some people in terms of perps and this and that. So. Um, I didn't really like go freak out and do that. Not only that, but we're being at a relative sort of bottom of the market, in my opinion, or, you know, with, you know, modest downside possibly left to go, like it's fairly easy to make money when you're buying the bottoms. So it's like, you know, do I need to go to all sorts of other fancy risks and things? Not yeah, really. I go back. I keep going back to our like, March, like April. back to basics, essentially. Yeah, I keep going back to our March and like April conversations. And I remember like one of the things you would always tell people is like, you don't want to leverage at these positions, which everyone was doing anyway, um, and then anchor, you know, up the LTV, max LTV. But it's like you want to borrow and max out like at bottoms, like 
you want to be, you know, over leveraging when we think we're, you know, close as we go down, not as we go up. So I think another yeah. thing to be aware of is if you are uh, playing with GMX, like to know like fundamentally GLP on Arbitrum is a completely different animal to GLP on AVAX. Um, just because of the way the GLP works, like it essentially hedges existing traders' positions. Um, and since a large composition of GLP is AVAX on Avalanche, um, you're exposed a lot more to AVAX price, whereas on GLP on Arbitrum, a large portion of it is based in ETH. Um, so like they're fundamentally different beasts and there's like, there's no fixed reason why the two prices like need to go together in the same direction even. Um, then they really haven't. Like, I think the GLP on AVAX is like shit the bed several times. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like, there's a lot of concern as well. I think like part of me is like, I like the fact that there's zero slippage with GMX, but it also is like a significant risk when you have a smaller collateral type like AVAX because like it was manipulated to shit uh, a couple weeks ago or a month ago, I think it was. Because like the like, thing of this... The way I'm thinking of looking at crypto right now, the reason I didn't go jump to GMX and do all these things, like I know I watch people talk about these things and, you know, um, like hop all over the place. But right now, like if you look at uh, Cosmos as a whole, so every new chain that emerges um, is not that different from a new dApp that would emerge on, you know, a, you know, a usual layer one. And to get to those different uh, chains, uh, it's it's difficult for uh, those chains to each list on centralized exchanges. And an argument could be made that maybe they shouldn't even bother uh, unless an exchange lists them spontaneously because, um, you know, because and it, it just it's an easy workflow for people to go via Atom to any other chain and ultimately if you have have some of these interchain account ideas emerge and people like introduce all of these things i think that's like the easiest user workflow to go from any exchange in the world from adam to get into the cosmos and use whatever the hell they want and that ease of use ultimately drives uh tons and tons of new customers in over time uh, and then once you, once they find out how easy the things are to use and find that the UI UX is really fun, uh, people are more likely to sort of just you know do economic activity on these chains. Um, so like uh, with between Kepler and some of the other things happening in the background, it's like we have the potential to get a lot of good money flows into Cosmos. Um, the other thing is like a lot of Cosmos is. Uh, nascent enough and undervalued enough that the upside's really high for even this, even the most basic of chains. Um, so any kind of like return to bullish conditions and just everything just explodes. So it's like, it doesn't matter what I buy. Like as long as I bought at the bottoms, even though they're inflationary coins, as long as you're buying at relative bottoms and prepared to buy literally all the way to the very bottom, whatever that is, the inflation rates don't matter at that point, and everyone else pumps the bags of your actual inflationary coins too, and your yield just skyrockets. Like, so I bought like stars is a good example. I think I bought like maybe 
I think in total, like about 12,000 bucks worth of stars on Stargaze. Uh, I bought it via osmosis, loaded up on the thing, and it yields like 60% yield or something like that. Uh, because, you know, they have like a token model where the yield falls over time. And then, uh, let me think. So uh, pretty much every um, NFT I bought using the yield from Stargaze, all of those kind of doubled or tripled in value floor prices. Not that I'm really following that that closely, but I just noticed that like whatever I bought went up, which is good. But also um, the Stargaze token, I think my initial 12K amount is now worth today, I think like 18,000 bucks worth. So it's like done a good 50% gain in a relatively short period of time. I think it's been maybe a couple of months or something like that. Um, so when you pick these things up off the bottom and they're super low market caps, even if they're high inflationary, um, it doesn't end up mattering that much um, because a lot of people are just restaking their coins anyway. And because stars isn't necessarily listed in a lot of places, people just sort of tend to restake or just hold their coins. They don't tend to go and sell them off. So even though the inflation rate's high, a lot of people just keep their coins and just say, screw it, I'm waiting for a bull market or whatever. And um, the high inflation rate, like 60%, mitigates some of the downside because like, let's say the coin drops by, I don't know, 50% in value, then, you know, but in a year I'm making 60% yield. Well, it's sort of, you know, it kind of uh, accommodates for that or compensates for that to some extent. So it's worked out pretty well. And I think even Stargaze has plenty of upside as you know, as do like many of the NFT platforms on uh, Cosmos, just because, well, uh, you know, why not? They're all kind of nascent and, and, and really small so far. So yeah, tons of, tons of options there. There's also, of course, like Omniflix, uh, there is, you know, there's, there's chains on, there's exchanges on Juno. There's ex, uh, for a marketplace on Juno for NFTs. There's marketplace on Terra. There's marketplaces on, um, where else? Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm missing something. I think Luna Classic has one, et cetera, et cetera, right? So there's plenty of stuff to do. And um, I think all of these things will get busier and busier as time goes on, is my suspicion. And then um, by just doing simple staking at the bottoms, I don't know, the yield's pretty good. Um, if you run a grid bot um, and you're making somewhere between like 60 to 120% APY kind of numbers, um, but at the same time, like you miss out on some of the upside of the coin. Um, if you're at the very bottom and if you get like stars, which is 60%, you know, staking yield right now, it's really kind of hard to beat that even with a grid bot and stuff. So I feel like that's a comfortable place for me. I like that particular buy. We'll see how it goes. But, um, but that was just kind of starting. Now keep in mind, like I bought it like when it was. I don't know, maybe like, I think it jumped about 50% uh, uh, from when I got it. So, you know, do your own research or whatever the hell. Like everyone thinks just because you talk about it, you're automatically shilling it or something, which I guess I am, but whatever. <laughs> and um, so there's some other things too. Like I am interested also in Secret um, and have, you know, followed Secret and Shape Protocol. They have an NFT marketplace there as well with Stash. Um, but what's interesting about Secret is it provides a privacy schema within um, within Cosmos, so that you know it, we're getting all of the pieces of the puzzle needed within the ecosystem. And by having it a separate chain, I think that's useful, as opposed to like on I don't know, like take a Tornado Cash for example. 
it's easier to create censorship in those situations. I think in Cosmos, it'll be good to have really, really um, ultimately decentralized. And honestly, I don't even, I want a privacy option on, uh, on uh, Cosmos that's completely um, anonymous, meaning none of the founders are known entities. And it's simply like a forked validator, you know, forked network with a validator network, but like literally like, like as far as any kind of governmental agency is concerned, nobody's running this thing, <laughs> which, which in other words, unless they decide to make it basically illegal for the citizens of a country to use it for some reason, like there's no way to shut the thing down because tornado cash is just an embarrassment. Um, it is just a disaster essentially. So we need to keep that kind of thing from happening in the cosmos. So right now my worry was secret. Um, my, my negativity toward it is that the founders are, I think doxed or some substantial portion of them. And I prefer that would not be the case. So anyway. Do you, do you think there's a risk? So with Tornado Cash, um, basically it was, the, the ruling was, oh, anybody who's interacted with this thing, we're going to blacklist your wallet, but you know, you're fucked. Um, so a secret, is there an equivalent situation where anyone who's either sent tokens in or out of secret um, I've never, I've never actually done any research on on secret. By the way, I have no idea how it works. Well, just to <laughs> just to kind of like, okay, so imagine this is how it would work. So, uh, right now, if I go to an American exchange like Coinbase, um, Coinbase can report your uh, major inflows and outflows and things like that to individuals like the IRS, like institutions like the IRS, which is basically the tax service, right? Um, it can it's required to report if you're making significant buys and sells within Coinbase, but it's not necessarily required to provide an entire blockchain analysis of all the different things that you did um, outside of Coinbase, right? Buys and sells within the Coinbase ecosystem. So if you leave an central exchange and you go to a decentralized system, um, you put another barrier where it's up to you to report things for taxes. But it's not something that Coinbase is going to release, like all those details, right? So if you leave Cosmos, I'm uh, sorry, you leave um, Coinbase via Atom and you arrive at your Atom wallet, and now you are buying and selling things um, on Osmosis and whatever, then um, the more things, the more complicated you make the transactions, the more complex it is to sort of sit there and audit you so like if you're spending five hundred dollars no one in their right mind is going to come audit you for anything number one like small players i think are completely immune to worrying about this sort of shit nobody cares about this sort of thing the irs doesn't whoever now if you're moving like hundreds of thousand dollars at a time and you're trying to figure out how to obfuscate your atom right now the way to do it would be okay you leave a central exchange Oh, another thing you could do, by the way, as a barrier is you send your money out of uh, uh, American exchange, you send it to a um, exchange that does not report anything, um, such as KuCoin or whatever. So there's no jurisdictional scenario, right? So that adds another barrier. You send it out of KuCoin, you send your atom to... Um, like you send your atom from there, you buy it there, you send it out to your wallet. The next thing you can do to obfuscate that is, so now, now you want to sort of like, no, you think of, okay, well, you could use a mixer, for example, you could send it to a wallet um, 
like a new Atom wallet, right? That's what you think of when you think of a mixer. Um, mixers can work, like depending on how much money it is, how much time you have, you want to separate your transactions over periods of time. But if your transactions hit that mixer, then the problem is, is that the uh, agency knows that you sent your money to a mixer. Um, and a mixer sort of sends the message that, well, I'm trying to hide something. And I'm doing this for some nefarious purpose, possibly. Um, it's a little bit different in secret networks. So if I take my Atom and I were to go to Secret Swap or something like that, and I swap my Atom for um, I swap my Atom for Secret SCRT, um, then I can convert that secret to uh, S Secret, which is the um, the, the more secret version of secret, meaning like SCRT is actually public. Secret secret is the actual hidden, you know, private version of SCRT token. But what you can do is if you convert it to secret secret, then any, t any money you send out of the system, nobody can tell where it went. So you can go and create a new secret wallet. You send your secret secret to it. And then now you're in the cosmos with a new seed phrase. And you could have basically a whole nother private system there you follow what i'm saying here so so your secret um secret secret is the avenue to get to a completely obscure wallet and then from there um anything you do trading or otherwise like it's in the ether as far as anybody's concerned nobody knows it's yours um and you know if you mask like i don't know your ip addresses and everything else i suppose that's the end of it so any kind of like trading that happens there becomes sort of you know, it's just hidden from some sort of like capital gain scenario or whatever. The other thing is if you're in the secret secret system, you can also do trades within that system theoretically. Let's say, for example, I don't know, like a convert from a secret USDC to, let's say, um, you know, you know, trade Adam there or something for a profit. And that's going to be hidden. And only that which you report leaving that system because you can you can um like print out a report or whatever if you want but you know who's going to know if you didn't right nobody so that's the thing like once it goes into um um a system that doesn't have a record on the blockchain of what you did or didn't do you don't have as much you don't really have a tax liability this is kind of the thing when you do like a vault um if you send your money into a vault the vault trades things for you sort of like sommelier does or like an ETF type thing. Any kind of trading that happens within that vault that doesn't necessarily record um, to the blockchain that you have made a capital gain or loss, as far as anybody's concerned, the only things that can be considered capital gains or losses are something that can be proven as capital gains or losses by some sort of agency. And um, e even when you use a traditional ETF, exchange traded fund, in the stock market, for example, if in the background, the ETF people do some things like buying and selling things, you're not taxed on the individual events within that ETF. So that's, there is a legal framework for that um, where so long as there's no record of this and you're not the one actively trading it, there's some shit happening in the background or it's obscured, technically there is no specific you know, capital gain loss liability. Um, now, let's say you made a whole lot of money. Um, let's say you made, I don't know, you're really good. You made $10 million. Now what? <laughs> so the thing is, if you have 
um, a tremendous amount within the secret network, and you're now trying to bring that back in some form or fashion to a bank account, that's where it gets obviously much more complicated. If you have a huge amount of money show up in your bank, and you can't really clarify where you got it from, you're like, oh, I sent it into this thing, and it made this much, then you probably oh, have to take capital gains. What's that? I've had, I've had messages from Revolut and saying, um, can you do some kind of proof of funds? Like, where, where this, where's the source of these funds? And I'm like, well, you see, it's this thing called Galactic Punks. And, you know, so <laughs> what, um, what, no, what I was kind of, uh, I was just reminding myself, refreshing my memory, what happened with Tornado Cash? And there's this whole OFAC thing. So they actually sanctioned Tornado Cash. And they said, anybody who um, has interacting with this, like, you better know, like, um, like here's the list of wallets that have interacted with tornado cash like these guys as far as you're concerned this is like radioactive so then you had governance proposals all over the place so like for example osmosis because they have a few us-based devs and they're sort of like worried that like we've got us passports um we better like block <laughs> like we better like i don't even th i think it was ethereum addresses i don't even understand how that works but anyway <laughs> we better like block anyone who's interacted with this thing somehow through some governance proposal because we don't want to be seen to be uh harboring or breaking sanction you know sanctioned uh smart contracts which is just this crazy concept so it opens up this whole mental world of like government regulation sanctioning applications and what does that mean and what does it mean for doxed teams um so it's all pretty pretty hectic. So I don't know. Um, what's my question? <laughs> like, yeah, there's, there's just thinking a, about it. The question yeah. of like, I guess, is ultimately how do you uh, protect yourself from these types of problems? And I think it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish. So, mm, so one of the things I try to accomplish is okay. I want what ideally what I want to see is I want to see my money go into the cosmos and not necessarily come out of the cosmos, meaning uh, if I can sort of obfuscate activity within it, if I'm making profits or making gains or whatever, I want it to just stay in there. And if as long as I'm not attempting to bring massive quantities of money back to a bank account, well, you know, like no one's going to really care one way or the other in all seriousness. That's what's that's the reality of things. So yeah, yeah. the idea there would be, OK, well, presumably what, over time. Uh, some different, there's going to be different ways to use your money as off ramps off the cosmos where you can pay for things in some sort of cosmos denominated coin. And if I'm already in obfuscated wallets and I say eventually, like, let's say Axlar USDC shows up, right? And I'm modest about how I spend my money. Like I go and maybe pay for, I don't know, shit like, uh, like Travala.com or I pay for, um, everything from gift cards to a lot of other basic things, right? I'm not, you're not trying to go too crazy with your expenditures. I'm, I'm a fairly modest person anyway, so it's not like I'm out there like, you know, gallivanting around in Lamborghinis or whatever the fuck. So at the end of the day, like as long as you're sort of like uh, mostly trying to figure out like how to maintain some economic freedom, then like you have sort of system, money in a system outside of the traditional system, sort of like an unbanked uh, portion of your funds in theory and then you can use those um in the future um somewhere in the world um like for example if i decide i'm gonna like go on a years of traveling or whatever and just like leave right like i could just spend that money anywhere in the world and figure out how to use it in different things and that's kind of what i'm 
That's kind of yeah. what my goals are. Like, I, I think everyone my, has um, different goals, what they're trying to do. My, my wife um, found out that uh, you could spend UST directly via, via diff, gift cards um, in various high street outlets in the UK. So, um, so she was spending, spending Terra UST on, on Which is uh, probably good because at least she got something out of her UST. Right, exactly. This is, <laughs> this is like... Yeah, my, this son was like, like <laughs> my son was yeah. like, Dad, we, you should go buy a Porsche GT3 RS. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, the thing is like, selling in the secondary market because people got a bunch of allotments it's selling for like twice what the thing's worth he's like yeah but get it anyway it's uh it's really gonna work, be worth something one day and like he's always right by the way my son's fucking like it's ridiculous it's irritating um he's always right and i'm like i should have done that i'm like hmm i should have taken some ust i should have just bought the bought a car that car with it yeah. not because i'm just worried about owning a car it's just because like um the thing actually went up even more from the price he said and um, I could have just sent some UST off to the thing, <laughs> like just you know wasted a bunch of it. Anyway, is but this it, is that like a Rolex situation where they? Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. a Rolex okay. situation. Yeah, I, th I think they're better than a Rolex situation. The the GT based Porsches are they all go up in value as an as a matter of just simple fact. Like there's not even a there's not a version that doesn't right. It's it's not like Rolex where some of them go up, some of them don't you know, whatever, <laughs> like it's even better. Yeah. So, and Damn. the other problem is like, you have to have a certain allotments of these things. So I found like we found one and uh, someone got allotted one and they sold it immediately for double what the, they paid for it. And um, I was like, what kind of idiot am I buying this for double what it's worth or whatever. But like, the thing is, if you don't get in line with previous cars, you won't get a lot of these anyway. So the market value is just like really, really high because you know, the, 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 the resale market's crazy high. Anyway, point is like the uh, yeah. If you if you're suddenly taking huge amounts of money and buying things, um, I think you have a different goal set. If you're taking moderate amounts of money out of the cosmos and buying things, like for example that attachment we have now with the Dolly HQ, you can send your um, atom tokens now to um, your gift cards. Yeah, if you guys haven't tried this, just download the app right now. It's B I D A L I uh, on the App Store. And you can like, and there's, uh, they're all over the world. So you can like pick a country, UK, Europe, whatever, US, um, different places. And you can, you can pick a gift card. Like they're pretty good ones too, like Apple or Amazon or, you know, stuff that you use. And you can basically transfer atoms there and buy something on a whim. And, you know, who's going to be paying attention to that? So the way gift card AML KYC laws work is gift cards, there's like a limit of how many you can use. And if you use way too many gift cards, like on Amazon, you're going to get flagged. So if you're using a little bit here and there, like for all your daily needs, if you, you know, a couple thousand bucks worth of Apple gift cards and, you know, a couple thousand bucks worth of Amazon gift cards, you know, no one's going to, no one's going to care, basically. Yeah. So, so you can, so you can take care of all here. your, you can take care of all your daily needs with, with, uh, with the yield off of Adam that way. If you have yeah. Adam. And that's your that's your philosophy of just spend the yield and live on it if that's what makes sense for you. And I think that's sensible. But well, um, it's, it's the another way of like, probably... it's, it's it's also another way of just like exiting some of your position too, because that way you're sort of you're 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 assuming you're ahead. You're actually using this for something, and it, you're you're at least selling some of your um, assets over time in a way, right? Yeah. So if there's a big pump on Adam, for example, I might sometimes I'll just hold my yield and. If there's a big jump in Adam, I will sell my yield and then buy, use that that I've sold and I'll buy back Adam lower 
so that my effective yield on the token is higher because I'm making profit off the yield also. And then I just, that, that helps to not necessarily just de-risk the position a little bit, but just like optimize for higher yield from the yield in a way, right? That's kind of the idea. And now, I think that's, that's one, a tactic you can use, but then you're always watching and you're always having something to sell and something to buy. It'll, it'll help your dopamine problem of like, you want to push some buttons and shit, right? <laughs> so true. You, have, you always have something to do. Um, so perhaps, perhaps one other, other way to think about this is if you want to start a business, for example, you want to sell toothbrushes and you look on Amazon and you see there's a hundred thousand toothbrushes in stock across various different manufacturers. Well, now you can, you can sell your atom yield and you can buy enough gift cards to purchase 200,000 toothbrushes. And now you can sell them slowly over time in a new business that you create. Um, and this is, this is how you get basically tax-free raw materials to sell. Um, so everybody consider that as a method of avoiding tax as well. Yeah. Also, um, consider, uh, so how does a validator function? A validator uses their yield. They theoretically convert it, they sell it and they pay for, you know, computing resources, right? Um, if the validators think that's a good thing to do, well, then maybe you should too, just always be spending your yield on something. You know, that way um, you start thinking of your position more like a business where the profit is used for something specifically. And yeah, so there's some different things you can do like that. And technically speaking, you can actually, um, if you buy things like computers and stuff, um, you can technically take, uh, at least in the United States, you can take some of those things as taxable um, expense. Like you can expense them and lower your taxable burden as well. So you can actually consider your crypto earnings as a business sort of, and then the computer that you use that you're whatever the hell you're using that as the tool for your business so there's something like that you can do as well because it's different like when you when you have capital gains which is where like let's say you buy adam at ten dollars you sell it at twenty dollars your capital gains is the ten dollar difference right that's different when you have an income from your yield that's income gain and incomes are taxed differently than capital gains and you can expense things off of income. And I think that's a, that's an important distinction from a tax perspective. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the UK, it's pretty, I think it's, they've set some rules, the HMRC, her majesty's revenue and customs, uh, God bless the queen. Um, they, um, I don't know what they're going to change it to now. Anyway, whatever. Oh, it stays the same. It doesn't matter if it's male or female. Anyway, whatever. So um, they basically say airdrops are um, income, miscellaneous income, unless like if you did something to get them. Um, so like if if you expect the airdrop, it's income. If you don't expect it, so it's a surprise, then it's uh, taxes, capital gains, uh, which is a pain in the ass as well, like sometimes. So um like at the moment you receive it, by the way. So you can see how that goes wrong. Uh, I think that's yeah. the only income that you get. Makes sense, yeah. Airdrops, though, realistically, like how, like how many people are making megabucks on airdrops? The yeah. reality is like it's, it's just bullshit money. No one's ever going to get audited some for that. People, some people make a business of um, trying to Sybil attack these things like by creating hundreds and hundreds of wallets. Like I'm in one of these groups and they're like, 
Well, our bear, bear market strategy is going to be, we're all going to find really good sibilable airdrops and we're going to make a thousand wallets and do all the tasks. And they spend like, it's like a work, it's like a job. Um, but they do make very like, good money. Like if you can imagine multiplying um, like a, a layer one, like the Aptos, like if you multiply the Aptos airdrop by like a hundred or 500, suddenly it's like, oh shit, you know what? <laughs> you just earned your year's, uh, year's income easily. So, <laughs> you know, it's... Um, that yeah, sounds like Cambrian people that need like a real fucking job. Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. You know, like, what, like, yeah. what are you doing with your life? <laughs> it's a little inconsistent. Listen, losers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, is, that is a room of losers. I don't really spend much time there. Uh, I don't really talk to those people, but that's um, that's what they do. I'm just reporting on what I see. Same way as I report <laughs> on uh, the homeless like, problem. Yeah. Zero Zero is a loser. That's what he just said. No. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that, so, um, I don't know, what do we talk about? Yeah, so Adam, Stars, Juno. Um, yeah, I think the Cosmos in general will simply sort of pop just as a matter of, um, uh, like, the usual excitement when, when things start moving in the, the upward direction. Luna, um, if people haven't been paying attention, we're not talking about Luna Classic here, but the uh, just Luna on Terra version 2 or whatever you want to call it, um, so the dates for that, uh, I believe May through November of next year will be the token unlocks for the vast majority of the sort of whale wallets. Um, November, uh, this coming month, there will be token unlocks for, um, like some of the smaller wallets. I don't know how much, uh, is actually being released at that time. So there may be some sell pressure there. Um, but realize that like a lot of people have not been paying attention to their Terra wallets. So, you know, there probably will be people that have unlocks, but who aren't going to bother to sell anything. So I don't think there'll be too much sell pressure in November well, necessarily from Luna. If Fat Man is to be believed, most of the people who have airdrops coming are already dead from suicide. So there won't be a problem. <laughs> yeah anyway um, yeah try not to kill yourselves um over your crypto by the way very funny nonsense um so yeah anyway the uh, the where were we yeah so luna i think uh that there should be quite a few announcements coming in the next few months um i'm not sure exactly when terraform labs is going to have their various you know dapps and packages put out but my suspicion is is that the next few months is where a lot of that will happen. Um, a lot of the emergency allocation funds have largely been dispersed, and you know, so infrastructure and things are kind of getting better at better at working properly. Um, if the Luna Classic chain gets fully upgraded, um, and they're sort of working slowly with different modules, getting IBC re-enabled, other things, it's quite possible that um, Terra Station might be able to then have like cross compatibility with dApps that could be deployed both on Classic and Luna. So that could be interesting. It's kind of like a twin sisters kind of a, a kind of a cool arrangement. That could be kind of really cool. Um, but uh, uh, Luna is basically now a traditional sort of Cosmos inflationary chain. Um, one could argue like what is special about it? Like what does it do? I would say at this point, it's not that different from like a Juno. Um, it's, it's not that hard to deploy, like with a fully upgraded Cosmos chain, it's not that difficult to deploy, 
um, on Luna and Juna, I'm sorry, yeah, at the same time, for example, you could do all sorts of um, cross-chain deployments. So I think that's going to become more common over time. Uh, or dApps that when you connect your wallet, you can connect multiple types of wallets simultaneously. So there's so many different ways to do, you, do this. Do you think that um, there's all, all of us who sort of did the whole Terra thing and were swept up in sort of the cult of personality of Doe, do you think there's some element of like Stockholm syndrome? Like you love your captor, you you really want it to come back. So as soon as yeah. Doe starts pumping out apps again, everybody's going to run to him because they're like, "Well, shit, it's going to yeah. go. It, the number will go up inevitably." Um, so some kind of psychology here, probably. Yeah, the psychology is that like it's if you already have a wallet and you already have vesting tokens there, like there's no obvious reason that people aren't going to want that to go up. I do find it interesting though how few people that are involved with Terra V2, Luna, how few people from the old guard are really posting anything about it. I don't know if they're just, they uh, ran away and left. I don't know if they're off to different things. I don't know if they're embarrassed to post about Luna. I don't know if they are like, hey, I don't want my credibility wrecked again or something talking about this Luna thing or or what happened exactly. But yeah, the 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 i guess the the whatever the you know pumpers and stuff like you know purple frog and <laughs> whoever else like that was um that you know used to talk about about luna almost nobody's saying anything nicholas flamel the famous yeah, Schiller i think turned, outside of myself and galaxy a investor few people and there's not many people talking about luna at all um and um you know i so i think it's uh cell pressure in a sense, will be it's it's at a maximum because nobody cares, right? It's like it's like not doing anything. So once things start moving, it's going to be very very easy to move the price of the thing, right? Like Luna Classic clearly demonstrated that when the masses think something's going to happen, they all just jump in and like you know boost the price. It's pretty easy to do that. And I think it recently went to like what seven or eight dollars, and then it dropped back down right now to like two fifty or something like that. Um, so it can create these crazy pumps. And I think that pump happened because Luna Classic, what happened was, is that there was like this viral movement on Reddit and other places. And Luna Classic sort of went crazy briefly. Um, a bunch of people from like Turkey and India in particular bought it. I don't know why. Maybe like the Turkish people told their friends or Indians told their friends. I'm not sure what the fuck happened. Anyway, a bunch of people bought it. And um, now I know a bunch of Turkish people, which is hilarious. Um, and they call me a uh, Jeffy because, uh, C in like Turkish is like J or some shit. <laughs> it's very funny. And, um, anyway, so then, um, so me and, uh, <laughs> me, Jeffy, anyway, um, what happened? So all these people showed up and then they, I think there was some confusion about what Luna classic versus Luna is. And a lot of people just jumped on the bandwagon and Luna's price pumped also is what happened there. So very, very funny. And I think a lot of people bought it and then just forgot about it. You know, they go to Binance, they throw 10 bucks or whatever. And when a lot of people suddenly put a little bit of money in, right, it pumps, but then it doesn't necessarily go back down to its previous low because like people just forget about it. It's such small amounts of money that people like, ah, fuck it. I'll just hold on to the thing. Right. Like, <laughs> so a lot of people buy, like when a huge number of people buy small amounts, that's really good as opposed to like one person buying a million dollars worth, it's better to have a mi million people buy a dollar's worth, generally speaking. Now, um, in the last hour, Singapore allegedly, uh, or in the nation of Singapore, there is a $57 million lawsuit against Do Kwan for fraud. And that's true. 
Um, and yet, uh, a, a wise man has pointed out that has had zero impact on the price, which means that the FUD has no impact, which means that all of the quote-unquote paper hands or quote-unquote people who care about that sort of nonsense are now out. All of the fragile crybabies have sold their Luna, and now we only have rock-solid, hard, eager, panting, and, and frankly sweating Stockholm um, syndrome, little bitches, the only ones that are left. Stockholm syndrome, <laughs> crazy people who do not have any sense um, are still here and we're still holding on to some Luna and we're looking and seeing what's going on, um, which could be quite a lot. Let's see. Yeah, with that, with that being said, like I, like I just took my bags, even the stuff that was vested, and I just staked it. Um, but with that unlock coming up uh, in November, like whatever it is, mid-November, like towards the tail end, that's when the next, like, I don't know, I think I have, like, another 25% or something like that unlocking. I actually unbonded or undelegated all of the Luna that I could, not to sell it or not to dump it, because because there are going to be people selling and probably a pretty, or, or may, maybe anyway, uh, but there's going to be some probably some volatility when these releases happen. I want to have whatever was undelegate, well, that I could undelegate in my wallet ready to, like, I don't know, catch some of these ARBs and stuff. Um, and in the meanwhile, I'm just going to take what's unbonded because I think it takes, what, like three weeks or something like that. So that'll probably put us right around uh, the release date for the next kind of tranche. And I'm, I'm just going to have that waiting to like... But is most of yours money. about to get unvested though? Uh, no, just another 25%. Okay. Yeah, because I have... My most 70... of mine is in the May to November like next year thing, I'm getting almost nothing this coming. Yeah, November. I'm yeah, I'm getting 25% this November, and then I'm getting 75% in that May 23rd. I'm looking at it right now, May 23rd to November 12th or whatever. Okay, yeah, that's that's kind of the situation I'm in, I think. But but you probably have some that you could potentially that's not necessarily locked that you could unlock, and then I'm just going to play the you know, the ARB game between like, I mean, there's like three or but four. Mine's only like 0.05% for oh. November. I don't know why that is. It's weird. Jeez. Um, but anyway, it's, it's basically nothing. But yeah, and then you can have that to play with and either, I don't know, some of the Astroport APRs on Astro is pretty juicy still for like Luna, Luna X, Amp Luna, Luna. Yeah, I did um, get some Astroport along the way, the X Astro and just parked it. Yeah. But I mean, even even now, there's some. I mean, every once in a while, you can catch some some decent arbs on like Luna to some of these liquid staking derivatives, which I'm sure is going to happen when that next, you know, in November when some of these releases happen. So, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, that's sort of the Luna schedule. I think. Um, I, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, so next May to November, there could be certainly selling pressure because all sorts of people's tokens are going to be um, unlocked during that time frame over a slow unlock period of next year. But before May, um, I think it's fairly probable that you'll have some kind of uh, Luna mega pump, if I had to guess, just because like selling pressure is down, you know, and people just follow the charts and they say, hey, look, this thing is flat. So technically speaking, it looks okay. There's not any kind of like wicked unlocks coming and more than likely you'll have all sorts of news and shit and um, good or bad news. It almost doesn't matter. It's like in crypto, just any news is better than nothing at all. 
<laughs> but uh, you know, FUD and stuff doesn't necessarily automatically mean anything. If you see the price of something fall from some FUD, that just represents like you know elimination of leverage long positions and. Uh, and and it actually makes it safer to grab something during those times, generally speaking. Mm. There are a lot of schools of thought that say, like this Aptos launch that happened recently with all of the stuff, like, oh, what's going on? Oh, this is terrible. Oh, it's not even working. Oh, fud, 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 fud. A lot of people said, oh, that was a brilliant launch. Look how much people were fudding it because people only fud something if it's worth talking about. And this was definitely worth talking about. So everyone's like, so I'd say the vast majority of people with sort of, Y combinator kind of brains like oh yeah let's let's get the the word out there that was a very big success story the uh the aptos launch so um yeah so long as go uh is running and um you know it's like just there's plenty of room for lots of memes oh by the way can you post the article regarding the supposed lawsuit or whatever yeah, it is i um i don't really want to retweet this particular account who posted it of course it's fat man like he has nothing better to do than like probably got google alerts set up for do Kwan. It, it really doesn't matter because like w- w- it, it makes no difference what he says actually good uh in a sense because so long as he's as he sort of fuds luna then you know that like there's some there's some selling pressure due to his shenanigans and um then that's where like the easy money is made actually <laughs> it's kind of funny um like i it, there's a fair chance that like come you know may through november of next year like it might be the easy play might be just like have a small short open um <laughs> so that uh any kind of dumping that happens you know you can just make some money on the centralized exchange from that from that uh activity who knows we'll see but anyway, like the yield from uh, Luna is not bad. So um, I have a constant cash flow off of my Luna that sit, that the, that's sitting there in my vesting. Um, so then I can use that to buy whatever. So it's, it's pretty good monthly income for what I have in there. Hey, Sugar, what's up? I'm on my first glass of wine. <laughs> it's been one of those days. That's good news. Good news. <laughs> I'm still working. Oh, okay. Still working. <laughs> yeah, still working. I'm on US hours, and it's all like everyone's running around with their heads on fire at the moment. Oh, what's going on there? We have a launch, like a major launch, on Monday morning, 8 a.m., and there's quite a substantial part of the uh, site is broken. Um, wait, launch of what? What's, what's happening? Uh, a website. Oh, okay. But yeah, it's fun. It's all fun and games till someone gets poked in the eye. It's unfortunate it's my eye right now. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> Do Kwan hit with $57 million fraud lawsuit in Singapore, Wall Street Journal. Uh, let's see. Do Kwan's other legal headaches, 57 million fraud lawsuit in Singapore. Well, anyone can open a lawsuit about anything. That's um, true. So I don't know how. And anyone could submit news to Bloomberg. Reuters, Wall Street Journal, whatever, little newswire with a pitch and say, hey, publish my story. It's very interesting. And they'll say, mm-hmm. hmm, all right, that's what we'll do. And they'll just literally fucking copy paste the thing and post it with a couple of quotes. It's, Wall uh, Street Journal is usually pretty good for the most part. Um, but yeah, so if, if Wall Street Journal said it, it's probably true generally. 
it's one of the few half decent. Um, <laughs> half few I take it. I take it back. I take it back. But Bloomberg and Reuters, they they yeah, they still- Bloomberg and Reuters are are highly questionable. They definitely say things that aren't necessarily like fully researched. Because uh, you'll see, like, within minutes of one another, you'll see them release the exact same articles. I don't know if it's via Associated Press or some other newswire or something like that, but you'll have all of these same exact articles come out the same minute. <laughs> and uh, and they're all exactly false, which is very funny. Mm, you, one actually, of the funny things was, uh, did you see uh, mm-hmm. some project launched uh, or put a newswire out? And uh, because it, the newswire got picked up on Bloomberg, it wasn't even an article. It was just the fact that it got picked up um, and posted on Bloomberg somewhere on a, a page somewhere. And it was like, oh, it must be legit because it's on the site. It's on the site. Look, guys. And it was like something stupid. Like they're going to they're going to burn all the lung. Or like it was it was like a retarded, um, totally retarded article. And everyone was like, it must be true. It's in Bloomberg, man. Like, what the hell? Like, why would Wait, Bloomberg what, what, post this? Do you remember what it was about? I'm, I'm trying to figure out um, if it's something uh, I fabricated. They got on there. It was <laughs> something like um, a project is going to buy back um, 4 billion lunk. And it's going to, or petrillion. It might be 4 trillion. 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 <laughs> right. 4 trillion. <laughs> and, and, burn it <laughs> i was just like oh my god this is the dumbest the that dumbest thing i've ever sense. seen yeah i always i always forget the order of magnitude um of, of lunk now it's uh it, it always upsets me and makes me sad but it's you know it's uh, interesting how many people have showed up and they have this you know so here's the thing when bruce came up with the lunk dow idea and promoting the burn and like jumping on that bandwagon and the lunked out logo also is obviously a little like a fire you know it comes from this burn idea and the whole burn concept is like i think it originally it, it sort of originated heavily in the binance shitcoin like space like safe moon yeah. was an example of this where it had a tokenomics where uh if you sold you know let's say a hundred dollars worth of safe moon uh, you would only get $90 because 5% of it would go to burn and 5% would go to the rest of the holders of the safe moon token. So this kind of, this kind of mechanic, um, and if the coin does nothing, it's not a DeFi coin, there's no economic activity on the chain. Okay, fine. It's like a weird, you know, memeified tokenomic or whatever, and you do whatever you want. But eventually like these things, like anything, um, they go into like pump schemes where a lot of people start talking about it, but people get bored. So while people are talking about it and pumping the thing, yeah, tons of people come in and buy, the coin goes up, it pumps, it dumps, and then it has this tax mechanism in it to try to like reduce supply over time. But like 95% of the price action in crypto is not the supply of like, let's say a Bitcoin or Ethereum or who cares. Nobody cares about that shit. It's based on exchange prices. And, you know, you can have dramatic movements in price without having any kind of serious, like, you know, impact from the supply of the token or whatever. That's more of a long-term multi-year thing, right? So a lot of people think, oh, if we do this burn, the price is just going to go straight up. It's going to go to the moon because, like, you're going to burn these tokens and whatever. It just doesn't make any sense at the end of the day. And if it's like a, a, a DeFi chain, like uh, Luna Classic or Luna or whatever, it's a Cosmos chain, like a burn mechanism 
like doesn't make sense because like how are you going to run a dex or something with lots of transactions and then have it taxed like 1.2% each time like no one's going to be doing this like why would you do, why would you want to be on a chain that yeah, you have it's, this it's, happen right it's totally totally stupid i mean like the i the obvious thing to anybody who's watching uh, with a with an ounce of common sense is that the burn narrative is setting an expectation that price will go up, which is what means people will buy. It's actually not, obviously it's not the reduction of supply. It's yes, actually it's the meme. an expectation. Um, right. That, so that, that's what makes it go up. It's the <laughs> it meme, it the meme effect is what made Lunk pump, right? And it went crazy. And also this kind of weird thing of anti-Doquan, uh, you know, stick it to the man. And like Binance is doing this and that, and oh my God, Binance is a savior. It it played upon like this weird complex of like I don't know ideas, and like the price went up. And what people do, like, it's not because you had a burn mechanism that the price went up. It's because the price went up because everyone just like it was easy to memeify it. So on the one hand, now like there's no it's. So you got a good bunch of people that became bag holders in the coin. Like, let's say they spent $100,000 on Luna Classic tokens, and now their Luna Classic tokens are worth, I don't know, $50,000. And they're sitting there going, okay, boys and girls, we're going to make this the amazing community chain. We're going to accomplish X, Y, and Z. But here's the thing. Like, the whole point of the burn thing and the whole concept was to just have a big meme explosion and have a big pump and dump for the people that bought at the very bottom. Duh. Like this was not like, you know, like there was not a situation where like this was going to become the next Bitcoin or like some, some other nonsense. Like this wasn't going to become the next Ethereum just because like you had this narrative. So now they're stuck with the issue of, well, wait a minute. Okay. The meme is over. All these people showed up. Um, and now it's like, okay, now what do we do? There's not enough volume because of the burn mechanism thing. And it doesn't make any sense. Like, uh, so is that, is, that, is, that, Steffi, is that why they're so angry now? <laughs> I don't. I, they're, they're angry because like they don't have the slightest clue about tokenomics. Like, and nobody's actually bothered to ask how this stuff works. And they've everyone's made this presumption that they understand how these things work. And like, you don't ask any of us who've been around. And uh, you know, wh hey, how do we fix the tokenomics? Like, you you think you couldn't ask for five fucking minutes how to fix it? And I'd be like, uh. That's not going to work. The whole burn mechanism was a meme that we we that we played games with because it's fun, and that's that. That it was meant to be just an entertainment, not turn this into some kind of like huge thing. Like I don't think anyone like I think when Bruce and I were you know so so in Lunkdown that was basically Bruce kind of coming up with this idea of hey look this thing is bottomed out let's have let's see if this pump and then I kind of like all right cool I'll bite I'll kind of play <laughs> like. The, we didn't we didn't think oh yeah sure this is going to become some kind of extreme blockchain with massive numbers of developers and da 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 I'm like like I can't understand that narrative because like if you have a bunch of developers right uh why don't you just start a brand new chain like right like it, instead of taking that burn tax and just like wasting it or whatever you could have just had it all go into a community pool uh the developers could have spun up a cosmos chain in 2 weeks you could have basically airdropped anybody with Luna Classic a fully functioning token of the, um, like, you know. And by the way, what this would have accomplished would be you would have had tons of people move their coins off Binance. They would have moved it to a wallet because if they're in a wallet, then they're going to qualify for some sort of airdrop. And they could have airdropped a new chain, fully Cosmos-capable chain, 
like with deep with a decent token distribution and only the community type crowd is going to care because a lot of venture capital or whatever they don't give a shit about that stuff and it would have been actually a pretty good way to distribute um like and then you know terra station would have supported it and now you have like you know luna classic you have luna and then you have whatever this new chain is called you know what you know and, and you could have actually like had a pretty good start that way instead like it's like let's repair the old chain and do x y and z and i'm like i don't even know why the fuck they want to do all that stuff on it in all honesty here is like do, can yeah. you, can you understand any of this like why um, spend this time and effort doesn't make so, sense yeah I, I i totally understand i think what you said earlier about people buying low and and holding on you know is very true people got in stupidly it's pumped what 10x since since the lows at least anyway so I don't watch the charts, so I don't know these things. But um, what strikes me is that the Terra Rebels are probably—they're a very sound development team, from what we can see. Um, however, like um, they, they have no no real tokens and no real funding because mm-hmm. it's not really their chain, and they can't really do those sorts of things. Like, oh, we have a treasury, like five to ten percent of the tokens we can use to sort of do interesting things. And in all, and in all um, honesty, if you like talk to you know, if you kind of listen to Kim or Tobias or anybody, I don't think they like. To, they don't want to tell people, by the way, like reducing the supply of Luna Classic is not your problem at this point, right? The only yeah. problem you, because the coin already has tons of money in it. Like if you've got yeah. one to two billion dollars of value on the chain already, why do you care if you burn it or not at that point? It's completely nonsensically irrelevant. All you had to do is turn it back into a simple mild inflationary model, throw some money at the validators, problem solved upgrade the thing you have a DeFi functioning chain cosmos chain and voila everything works and you have a way to fund the system and be done with it like this is not rocket science and then all you have to do subsequent to that would be you just simply um have to say okay we have this community and um we believe like we can attract builders we can attract people to copy paste you know juno projects and terra v2 projects on here and, um, you know, all hail the community and, you know, off we go. And, um, you know, it's just not that big of a deal. But instead, yeah, we're, it's kind of this weird hybrid thing. And it's just a complete waste of fucking time. It's just taking too long. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And that's just what it is. I'm just like, <laughs> so people can say what they want about it. But like, if you want to actually ask people that have actually been around and have done this for a while and have a sense, like, in other words, it, are you going to get me to buy a million dollars worth of Luna Classic? Fuck no. You have to be out of your mind, right? Like there's no way in the universe you're going to attract any kind of serious crypto capital from people that are serious, which will take it to like from a $2 billion market cap or whatever to a $10 billion market cap. You're not going to do that with like all these weird, like half-baked ideas. It's just nonsense, right? Like that's, that's my point. And it's very easy to spin up a new chain if all your goal is to make a community chain and you want to... I don't know. I, don't I can it. see level 10, level 10 wants to chat, but I'll make one Go comment, um, yeah. which is that I was listening to one of their um, AMAs with Terra Rebels and the rest of the community. There must have been like 500 people listening. And the Terra Rebels guys were going very, very in depth, explaining the nuances of the mempool and upgrading to the latest Cosmos and whatever. And like um, everyone, you could tell like maybe 95% or plus, probably 99% of the people in the chat had no fucking clue what the hell these what a memo is 
Yeah. Um, and um, and then afterwards, this dude uh, does a summary, like, uh, what's up, guys? It's your boy, you know, doing a summary of the space. And he, and it, I was like, there's no way this guy will summarize this. There's absolutely no chance. <laughs> he has a fucking clue what they were just talking about. And inevitably, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, ah, there's lots of stuff going on. Yeah, mm, they're doing stuff. There's going to be a Dex, maybe. You're not sure. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We're a community. Speak to you soon. And I just thought, fuck me. What a, what a, just but a, you know just a it's a pump and dump crowd because, like, if it wasn't, you'd see tons of posts about the functioning dApps on Luna Classic, right? For example, Teraswap.io is a Dex, and it works. Right. So you would think that there would be some mention of these things if you're trying to educate the so-called community. But like, no, it's just like mostly just like hearing themselves speak is more fun, which I get. Like, I like to talk on these things, too. It's a tremendous amount of fun. But like at some point, you want to provide some sort of value to somebody. And it's just like misleading nonsense. Like, wait, wait, we're going to build a DEX. Like, why would you do that? Like, you have TerraSwap right there, and they barely figured out how to make money. Why would you build a DEX? It's idiotic. Like, it's like you have it already. I don't know. It's just a strange environment. And then there's that bull BNB guy. Like, I don't know where he came from, but he's kind of like just influence peddling as well and trying to just kind of build up his account and just says, says a bunch of half-baked nonsense about Luna Classic as well. And I don't know. They're just riding the pump train, essentially. It's just very funny. I, like, I don't know. I'm not sure um, if it's possible to push the price up again to like, you know, a two to five billion dollar range or something like that. It'd be probably, probably difficult. But I don't know. Maybe we'll see. But see, like now it's, it's not a, it's neither a meme chain. Nor is it you're raining actually... on my parade. You're raining on my parade. But, but <laughs> I, you see what I'm it's I like, bought the emotional reaction. I saw the yeah. phoenix. I was part what of I was it. Is, I was holding onto the wings, flying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it may be fine. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, anything can happen. But here's the thing. Like, it, like, why ruin the actual original meme? So either you have a meme chain, which is great. Fine. Dogecoin and Shiba Inu, like, raked it in compared to most other projects on this planet. So there's nothing wrong with a quality meme chain, right? Like we've, that's been discovered in crypto as a thing, right? That's cool. But why not just continue the meme direction then? Why try to go this serious direction of, oh yeah, we're going to be doing, you know, I don't know what, and video games are going to come to Luna Classic and, you know, this burn thing is going to, I don't know, the whole thing doesn't make sense. Or like make it into a normally functioning inflationary cosmos chain and then if you can incorporate deflationary mechanisms as an afterthought okay maybe but i don't know like yeah. the direction they're taking this makes no sense to me at all right right and i will let level 10 speak <laughs> um he has no he wants to but look um instead of building apps and all this stuff upgrading the chain here's an idea okay manufacture um a hundred thousand little do kwan um voodoo dolls and and say send us a hundred thousand lunk for each one, and we'll burn it, and we'll send you the voodoo doll. I don't know who pays for this, um, but you get the idea. Like this is the kind of this is the kind of thinking. It's it's like stupid. It's memeable. It's like everybody's showing solidarity. We're wearing the lunk hoodie. Like you know, buy a hoodie for ten million. Yeah, lunk. like everyone's gonna fund the hunt for Doquan, and you got to create like some funny fuckery. That's how you make the price go up. Like. Look at the Doge people. Learn something from that. Uh, uh, Ox, will they? Will he actually feel pain? Um, <laughs> he, he is not <laughs> yes, not he will. Yes. 
I think it will go really well. Send about 10 to Fat Man. <laughs> but anyway, hey, 10, what's up? Hey, Sophie, hey, guys. Um, just a short question, actually. Um, when the whole thing collapsed, right? So basically, the, the smart contract was just minting to repack UST and it inflated Luna like crazy. But I mean, there must have been some buyers, even in that inflationary environment. I wonder who actually bought all the float of the of the luna that were minted in these extreme events i mean it's like an exponential function on this very high end right so it's kind of mathematically interesting to me where this whole let's say who who was really there who was buying these like uh, really really inflated away low values you know yeah i talked to some people i was like okay who bought this and when there's clearly people that bought it on the way down um and well, then like they're back to being neutral again because the price came up. So some people did okay. There are some people that of course, like at the maximum sort of pump or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, that they bought there and now they're just simply bag holders. So there's those folks, but I don't know. Like I was, my thought was, okay, you have all these new people. They showed up from out of nowhere. Like we talked to people from like Pakistan, Turkey, here and there and the everywhere. And I'm like, wait, why did you buy this token of all things? I don't know. I just did. So now they're just captured into this thing and they're like trying to figure out why they bought it and like what they're going to do with it. I'm like, well, maybe this is a teachable moment. Maybe they can discover while they're here, like some of the more credible, maybe more useful things in the cosmos and maybe sort of explore and learn some things. I think a lot of people have like they've they have like branched out. They're like, oh, I bought this thing. I have no idea why I bought it. and like maybe it's good, maybe it's not, but hey, I learned about this thing and I learned about that and I bought, you know, I, I looked into Cosmos and Adam and what, what are these people doing? And I didn't even know this is a Cosmos chain when I bought this thing, right? Like a lot of people, uh, it's funny when you, um, if I post about Lunk and someone is following me for that for some reason because I posted a chart and then I post about Adam, someone says things like this trader, this traitorous bastard. He's posting about other coins now. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna unfollow him. I'm like, wait, what? Like, you're you're basically uh, like uh, the whole point was to sort of make sure that you learned something about something other than this, not uh, like to be some kind of like yeah, Luna classic. Question, uh, I have basically is also um, what is the status of that minting. Uh, repegging algorithm is it is it uh, defunct at the moment or no it won't floating? it won't work because here's the thing the mint burn mechanism would work if the uh, market cap of ust was higher than luna then what would happen is that okay so ust so i'm sorry um yeah then it would sort of work the, the math would work but if you just re-enable it now what will happen is that it'll basically like I mean, you'll wind up printing more Luna, which I mean, Luna Classic, which like, what is the point, right? So the status is the contract is halted at the moment. Yeah, there's no reason to restart that. There's no way to simply yeah. reconnect them. The, the, the capital is, yeah, it's basically just bad debt If is maybe one way to look at it. But like, even that is not a good way to look at it. It's just simply broken. Had they not halted it, uh, Luna Classic would have minted into the tens or hundreds of trillions, right? It would just keep on going. Um, so, that, so the halt was just to be like, um, I think the halt happened because if they didn't halt it, 
the chain would not remain secure because like it's so mm-hmm. cheap to take over the chain with minimal amount of money compared to how much the how much money the validators had on chain and the validators probably would not want to buy more than a classic token they would just quit validating so in order to prevent the chain from just halting completely um doe disconnected uh or tfl disconnected the mint burn mechanism so that the chain doesn't well, I guess this was a phone yeah. call. Oh, maybe. Um, I didn't know if I was... Okay, yeah. So if you turned on the mint burn today, what that would let you do is take one USTC and swap it for $1 worth of uh, luck. And yeah, you would then I, be I, able I, to sell that. I, um, I think yeah. it was actually a, a problem, right? Uh, that they couldn't turn it off straight away, so they... They struggled a while, so it still kept on minting like crazy for, and then yeah, they, they and then they had to stop this. the tape, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Christ, it's it's like uh, it's like looking back at, at Vietnam or something. Um, you know, you, the the flashbacks. I think at the time there was there was a while when it was like, oh, you know, will we, won't we? But then it was very clear, like. Um, I think USDC hits USDC hits seventy cents on Binance or something, and that was like some hard cap that they'd actually like enforced because the buy side was completely empty on the order book, and I was like, "Fuck!" Um, but it was like some kind of like enforced thing. I went to bed, woke up in the morning, it was back at like ninety three cents or something. Like they de- deployed capital, um, um, and I was like, "Okay, thank you." Um, but from that point onwards. I think it was very clear that it was like gonna. Well, it wasn't gonna come back um, because I had no more to capital to deploy, and it wasn't repaid. So it's like, okay, yeah, we're gonna go into right, a death spiral. Shortage, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, just... any, never, um, never ever assume like all these guys. You know, I, I'm not saying I have specific evidence or anything, but come on, like these Wall Street firms, jump. You know, they 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 are not here because they believe. Um, necessarily that we're here for decentralized finance they're going to make money and if they can see an opportunity to short this thing of course they are of course they're going to do it um they're not going to come out of this empty-handed necessarily so i think that's fair to say apologies i had a phone call so it like automatically breaks my ability to talk <laughs> so um yeah what were we saying ears like so yeah the the oh. dpeg event Basically, was talking about a Vietnam-style flashback of the UN. Oh, okay. <laughs> exactly. PTSD. True, true PTSD. Yeah, so the... Um, anyway, so yeah, the mint burn mechanism can't be turned back on. And there's no way to sort of automatically make UST's value go up. Okay, so think about this. It's let's say it's worth like three hundred million dollars now, right? Right now, the only way the value of that could go up is for some meme process or some expectation that something's going to happen with USTC and a bunch of people come in and buy the thing and pump up the price, right? That's it. It's not that different from uh, like an ERC twenty token at this point. It doesn't have a purpose. Like um, it's like the old Chainlink token. This <laughs> would be a good example. It doesn't really do anything. It's sitting there and it's it's pumps if like there's some kind of meme for USTC and everyone sort of like just boosts the thing for some reason. But if you have a lot of USTC from the old um, system or whatever and you're, you're expecting it to go up for some reason, 
Like there's no good reason to believe that this is the case. So um, I think most people cleared as much of their UST as they could that wasn't locked up in some sort of contract um, at some point during the crash as far as the ones that could do so, right? And some of the USTC that's probably stuck here and there is stuff on exchanges, um, like your Binance's and KuCoin's and this and that. So those folks don't have any extreme urgency to sell it. They just leave it there as liquidity at this point. There's not much money for them to be gained by selling it. And they just, you know, they just make the fees off of it or whatever from the trades off of it. I think that's pretty much the summary of what's happening there. Probably, though, most of the people that were going to sell their USTC have sold it, sold it. Um, and, you know, it's just sort of going nowhere. If you can bring, like, so how do you bring value to that coin somehow? Hey, Iris, can you, can you take over for a bit? I'm, I got a call, call again. No problem. Sefi's got to save a life. Apparently. Um, which is more... Probably more my life. Uh, <laughs> so, what are we, what are we talking about? Uh, the, oh, yeah, USTC being used. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> there, there are loads of things you could probably do um, to create use cases for USTC, but none of them are very clever. Um, probably the best thing to do is to try and... Um, just reestablish. Just like I honestly think, saying USDC is now pegged to uh, whatever, like the closest, the closest number is to now. Like, okay, that's it. <laughs> We've pegged it to that now. Um, somebody except like this thing is kind of linked up to a bunch of payment rails. Um, it's linked up to all kinds of integrations. How many people have got Terra Station on their on their phones? Downloaded the wallet, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, it's it's pretty ubiquitous, ubiquitous, and pretty common. So. Um, yeah, man, USTC could it be used for something? Probably. It still has a bigger market cap than uh, the Luna Two, as far as I know. So it's just like, what's it? What's it? What's it good for? Trading. Um, people just trade it now. It's, it's essentially just like yeah, that's all it's good as for. As far as um, yeah, that's yeah, that's it's all it's good for at the moment. With a real life uh, inflation, like a complete collapse of the currency and some central bank in the past i mean they always restarted with a new currency right they never tried to get it back to some value because it's just everything is just screwed up and broken right yeah it's basically meaningless not only that but a lot of that luna classic is not even in the hands of anybody that cares anymore it's like anybody who sold it sold it and that's the end of it now like it's not like people like routine people are going out there hopefully and you know, like, are they going and buying it now with the, you know, likelihood that it's going to go up or something? I think that's sort of silly. Um, even if it could, like, how would you make it go up exactly? You know, you're going to, you're going to connect it to what? I mean, maybe you could preserve some residual value, use it as sort of like a airdrop bait or something. Say, okay, if you have USTC, we're going to drop you this, some sort of, I don't know, stable coin or something. And, you know, come join our chain or come do whatever. And they, they could create some sort of incentive scheme, maybe. But um, yeah, it's not, it's not obvious how, um, you know, that there's any good way to make that useful again. And, you know, I think the other thing too is like, what are they, are exchanges going to keep it listed or what? Um, and, you know, what, I think the only value it has is that it's listed in a sense and it's hard to get stuff listed. So maybe um, the value is that, like, if you can make it useful for something, uh, I don't know. That might be the reason. I have no idea how to make that work. I think just ignore it. And- it's it's 
It's kind of like you, what you're saying, Sefi. Um, what's the difference between USTC and the LINK token? Uh, well, I mean, they're both listed. You can trade them. Um, anybody who wants to hold it is holding it. Anyone who doesn't want to hold it isn't holding it. You know, uh, it's just kind of a vehicle for people to speculate and to hold um, in their portfolios for some belief or some reason. And we can never know what they are. Yeah, and, and the fact that exchanges just don't delist all that easily because um, it just creates problems for people. So it's like, it is, it's like a trading instrument. Uh, Egelvin, what's up? Hey, I have, a question. I have a question. I just got through uh, hearing you say that UST is uh, never going to repeg. I was just, I'm, I'm one of the people that unfortunately did not unload my uh, UST. So I'm still uh, holding on to quite a bit of it. And I was just wondering what you thought of the uh, the repeg proposals that are that are happening right now. I think they're from Terra Rebels. Uh, the two the two different repeg proposals. Do you know anything about those? I no, here here here's what I would do if I had significant USTC. And again, you you like take this for the grain of salt. Um, like if these proposals. Uh, lead to some kind of like memification pump of USTC where the expectation is, ooh, this thing's going to be repegged and people are posting a lot of shit about it. Um, if you have some and it's, it, you know, I don't know how much it's worth to you or whatever, or what residual value you have left, your obvious options are to sell it right now because, you know, you don't care, um, get some money back or B, just hope that they do something and make it go up. But any kind of repeg proposal, the vast majority of any effect that will have on price is the meme effect, the narrative effect on creating a pump in the price of a thing. I don't think there's anything you can do to some kind of repeg system that would sort of um, make the value of the token go up in any time frame that makes any sense to anybody. Like, in other words, if you're going to wait five years for some increase in value of this thing, you know, does this make sense to do this? I don't, pro probably not. And here's another reason why it's probably not. So let's say the thing repegged, it's worth what right now, like three cents or four cents or something. So like that's a 30X. Okay, fine. Are there things in crypto that you could make a 20X on probably, you know, that are brand new projects coming out or something? You know, you may be able to have a better capital opportunity by not sort of just holding this thing and just wasting your time. Um, you know, again, that, that's assuming that you can find something that, that is useful to buy with whatever you have left. Um, but that's kind of my thought on it. I, you know, I think when did I um, like I should write it? I should write some kind of article about the end of Terra and like what I did with my money because <laughs> uh, it might be quite educational. But like I didn't have that much USTC because I, um, you know, didn't really care for 20% yield on Anchor that much. There's actually much higher yield just in grid bots, you know, anywhere between like 50 to 120% APY is common. And I was mostly interested in the upside of Luna in terms of like, you know, if it really did well, which, you know, compared to the price I bought it at like, you know, a lot of it at like five bucks to 20 bucks, like, you know, uh, you know, it was, I did pretty good, but, um, you, the goal was for me, like this big upside, not necessarily like the 20% anchor yield or whatever. I know why other people stuck their money in there for the anchor yield, but that wasn't me. And the, um, 
when the sort of DPEG situation happened, like I was like on a hot, like a hawk watching this whole thing and trying to figure out what to do and figuring out like if there were people that could be rallied to like, you know, help repeg the system and everything and blah, blah, blah. So I was really watching it very closely. And um, a lot of my money was actually in Prism Protocol, where my Luna was actually split into um, Prism Luna and Yield Luna, I think. And most of mine was actually in the Yield Luna version of that. And um, as a result, like when the DPEG happened, um, I was in a liquid staked version of the coin. And I was able to sell my P Luna and Y Luna while it was on the way down at largely prices higher than I actually paid for them. So that was good news for me. Not so good news for the people that like were like regular staked, right? Like I didn't have any Luna that was in regular staking at all. I was using Prism Protocol mostly. So I was able to sell. Now I did have like, I, get, I talk, took major discounts on the sales because like, um, during the DPEG, there was a lot of people exiting, and I think I maybe lost 15% um, on top of the dump that already happened. I lost another 15% because of the like, you know, price discrepancies on Prism. Like I converted to UST, I think, and then I ultimately converted to um, USDC or Tether on KuCoin or something like that. I don't remember exactly the process, but something like that. And um, then a Interestingly, because of the way the snapshot took place for Terra, um, the snapshot took place at the point of like DPEG, I think it was. And uh, I actually got to both exit a substantial amount um, compared to my buy price. Now, granted, like I was down like many millions before like I sold. So it's like I didn't sell the top by any stretch of the imagination. I wasn't like a you know, galaxy digital type of situation. Uh, but I was still quite ahead of compared to where I bought Luna at like five to 10 bucks and stuff like that during that previous DPEG crash, like back the previous year. And um, so I, I had uh, some of it that was at least neutral or ahead. I did buy some Luna that was um, much higher price. So and I don't know what my final cost basis was or whatever, but um, I got out okay there. And then on top of that, because of the way the DPEG worked, even though I was able to sell a lot of stuff, I got airdropped a bunch of Luna again. Um, so that helped um, like me kind of recover some as well. So I still have a bunch of Luna airdropped, even though I was able to sell a lot of Luna also. Which So I was kind of in a weird like middle position where I got kind of lucky. And I didn't have as much USTC. So I didn't have to face like a much in the way of DPEG related concerns. It was more just like, for me, it was always about Luna and the speculative element of Luna. Um, so that's kind of like my story. And, and, but at the same time, like if you look at USTC now, is there like a great way to pump that thing? I mean, not really like who's going to really talk about it. I mean, like, I don't know, like, like the old community uh, who was in uh, Luna originally, um, you know, they're, they're sort of like just disappeared to a large extent. Like they're not paying attention even. I don't know. Years. Have you seen very many people? There's some, right? Like some of the guys here, but not very many. So as a result, like yeah. a lot of people just wrote off their USTC to some extent, like they're like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Like, so they're not, they're not posting about it. They're not saying anything about it. So if you don't have a lot of the people who originally owned it pumping USTC and saying, Hey, we need to fix this or buy it or do something 
then you're not going to see much price action from it. Like it has to be like, I don't yeah, know how I, you achieve some kind of viral like memeology or whatever from this thing. I, I well, I, I just read, um, I haven't done this before, but I just read something by a guy called Xander about commodity tokens and how he's going to repay, repeg USDC. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's all extremely theoretical and very, very, um, very, uh, uh obscure um i think that the yeah, and you know you know why that is ears because you can't connect the repeg mechanism back to ustc yeah. because what would happen is you would inflate luna classic no he what he's saying in a roundabout way is that we need to grow the the lunk uh market cap to a sufficient size where you can then very easily repeg ustc using some like capital controls aka yeah Sell <laughs> but really what it means is you have to, uh, yeah, you have to put downward pressure on Luna Classics price to essentially uh, make USTC go up to help those people. Why yes. would the people that own the Luna Classic coin, which are all brand new people, by the way, why would they give a fuck about the USTC people? They don't. Yes. And that's um, the thing. Like, yeah, if, if you don't memorize anything else today, it is like there's no aligned incentives for those two communities to care. The USTC group, like um, like Eglovin here, who has his USTC, who is probably old guard Luna, and the new people who bought Luna Classic, ninety percent of them are probably on Binance and uh, don't even or are not even on a Terra Station wallet. There's no aligned incentives between these two groups, right? That you would literally have to sell Luna Classic to buy USTC, and like, why would they do that? It doesn't right. make sense. I, I would encourage anyone who's in a space. With someone saying they can repeg USTC, say, tell me how you're going to do that. And if they just start talking about different tokens and taxes and capital controls, just say, no, no, no. What has to happen for USTC to repeg? Who sells what to buy USTC, right? What's being sold? Just, and it's like, oh, well, you know. The money has to come find... from somewhere. Right. And by and the way, like, USTC, oh, well, we're talking about a $9 billion plus deficit. Where's $9 billion coming from? Right, that's a lot. <laughs> so, um, I think Slinky had a comment. Slinky, go ahead. Hey, Steffi. Um, it's kind of more of a Cosmos question, but uh, yesterday you were talking about how there's a lot of L1s, more L1s likely to come on board within the Cosmos, but. Um, and like the benefits of it, but I have some ideas of the, why there could be consequences, but I would want to know from your perspective, is there consequences of there being like a gazillion L1s? Yeah, well? the, the consequence of having too many would be that nobody knows what any of them are, right? And the attention is diluted too much. On the flip side, the plus side is that every single company or valid, like, or community or like whoever that makes these other L1s, they're likely to sort of like uh, shill the cosmos, number one. And number two, um, like post YouTube videos and this, that, and the other thing. So each of these groups tend to form little communities of new speculators who then will download a Kepler wallet and then discover all the other stuff. So these network effects take years, of course, um, but I think the net effect tends to be positive if people think that, hey, look, new projects can easily build in this space, 
Um, and I think the biggest projects, like anything, it's very similar to the App Store. Think about your iPhone App Store or whatever, Google Play App Store. And um, look at how many apps are in there. You know, and I know that like the top probably 200 probably make all the money in, in, in out of the hundreds of thousands of, or millions of apps in the app stores. Um, but the presence of all of those people and all of those projects and the fact that you know that like anyone can put an app on the app store makes the most popular apps even more popular than they were like otherwise, right? Because you're, you're getting traffic to the app store. Everyone knows this is where you go to buy things. And this is where you go to stay in a decentralized world. Um, so the, as the new important chains come up, you know, the fact that you can get into the cosmos, jump around the cosmos without using any bridges, using just a Kepler wallet, um, and you can do all the different functions of DeFi in one place is super powerful to me. Like, that's the only real narrative there that needs to be had, I think. And this is the concept of the app chain thesis, essentially, in a nutshell. Um, but wouldn't, I mean, I just see, like, kind of our own internal, like, tech bubble potentially occurring, likely, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. But I also have a question about Canto. Like, I am seeing a lot of old lunatics shilling this, and I have messed around for it with it. For how do you spell it? K A N T O or C A N T O? C A N T O. What is it? I don't know. I thought you might know. Maybe somebody here knows. You have a link or something you post up top or I don't even know how to do that. I just got back from like serious grass touching and never really been a fan of Twitter and starting to make my presence. So <laughs> I don't know how you post uh is a little plus, oh, plus sign. You you just if you have a tweet, uh I think you can just use the um little share button next to a tweet and then you can post it. Oh, it'll it'll give you the, the space will be listed in that share thing and you just dump it in there. It'll show up at the top, but, but it's called, okay, the I'll go find something. I'll or if you know the link, if, or if you know the link to it, we can look at it for real quick. I'm not sure what it is. Have you heard of it guys? Canto. It's like, um, it's like a very complicated bridge looking. I so, um, I've seen it, uh, in a couple of groups is like a meme, a meme play. And people have frowned at uh, the, the people who have suggested um, buying this have been frowned at. But it's um, uh, it's layer one. It is EVM compatible. It's built on Cosmos. It's uh, hang on, let's see here. What else? It's got it's got a Dex. So it's, it's meant to be like a like an Evmos type of thing. Yeah, maybe Tendermint consensus. Blah blah blah. Okay, well, it's got a Dex. It's got a lending market. Uh, it's got some kind of over-collateralized currency called Note. And, okay, cool. Well, it's kind of like, it's just little layer one, and it's got it's permissionless, and people can use it. Um, so why not? I think that's that seems to be with the summary. Yeah, and I think you'll have a lot of those. Like, Luna's one of them, uh, Juno's one, Canto. Um, yeah, yeah, th I think you'll have... Uh, numerous types of things open up, which is fine because then, like, let's say, I don't know, you don't like the political philosophy or something like that of the Juno people, and you want to create something with a very specific 
um, alignment or ethos or whatever constitution, then you can build whatever you want. So that's kind of the plus side too in the, in the cosmos. It's not like, well, we don't like this development team. The whole of the cosmos is going to crash and die. It's fine for some chains to just do poorly, right? Like if they don't produce a good product, no one likes it, then people don't show up. Who cares? It doesn't hurt yeah. anybody else. That's the nice thing. It, it looks like they're doing a Juno thing. Like they're going for the whole, there's no team. It's all just everybody have some tokens, have fun. Um, which is which is cool. Uh, free public infrastructure, no official foundation, no presale, no vesting, no VCs. So yeah, I, I can understand. Like the attraction of that is that you think no one else. Like if you look at the chart, you say, "Oh, the guys who got in first are those guys." Okay, cool. Now I understand. Who, like <laughs> what the floor is here. Um, there's no hidden hand of someone with tokens is going to sell on sell to me. In theory. Um, who knows if that's true or not, but it's like, yeah, um, I understand why that's appealing. Is Kanto the one that's listed on coin market cap right now, or is that something else? It's Could on, be. it's on there. It's, it's like a I green mean, circle the, with a C. Yeah. Do you remember the guy that was shilling bean stuff, like bean, like, yeah. um, out, you remember Jack something, right? Uh-huh. Jack Newald or something. Yeah, I don't know how anyone feels about him. I'm totally neutral about it. <laughs> okay. He's a little weasel. He's a little weasel. He's a weasel, yeah. But, but I mean, he did definitely bring up some great points about Terra, right? And all of us that were blind. Um, oh, lots of people <laughs> made very good points about Terra. Um, right. Jack is a parrot. Um, Jack just parrots people who know more than him about Terra okay, and says the same thing. Rehash. Okay. I mean, nothing against the guy, but that's just that's just the fact. And he also left my Telegram group uh, without saying any anything pleasant. So, um, so I, I don't have any time for him. All good. No, I was just, I just, I think I remembered him shell, shelling Canto for some reason. I'm like, oh, do we got another beanstalk? Do we got? Well, if it's or a simple real? if it's a simple yeah. Cosmos L1 and there's you know not much to worry about then it's just a matter of like is this a persistent team that's going to keep doing things or are they going to like uh wait till this pump happens exit and then the team disappears and say here you go community here's the chain right like it depends on what you expect out of the people that started the thing and um you know like if you look at the market cap right now it's like, I think at a uh, hundred million dollar market cap. So, you know, if a team like were to sell their tokens and make 10 mil or something, like they're going to be pretty happy and disappear possibly. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. And then the fully diluted valuation is like 310 million. So it must have a fairly high uh, inflation rate right now. I and, didn't even know it was that last time I looked, it was at 30 million. So it must have pumped pretty hard. It did. It actually yeah. was down at like a 10 cents and now it's at 30 cents. So oh it's done gosh. a 3x already. So whoever I mean, bought this at the bottom did well. <laughs> so it's like a 1 billion total supply. And right now, 322 million available supply. Uh, it has a question mark next to max supply, so I'm not sure what that means exactly. <laughs> Interesting. And sometimes, also, yeah. you said something like uh, maybe like five minutes ago about why something is hard to get listed. 
Um, I have been thinking of obvious reasons, but can you elaborate on that? Yeah, you mean listings like on centralized exchanges? Yeah. Okay, so the listing process is fairly complicated in that, um, well, I used to think it was complicated until Coinbase started listing shit coins galore. Um, like, and I guess it's arguable what is a shit coin and what isn't, but point is they started uh, listing almost anything, but, um, so let's say you have, um, uh, a Binance and they're going to put liquidity of, I don't know, let's say a hundred million dollars. No, let's say $1 million worth of the Canto token. And they're going to, uh, provide this liquidity this um coin and list it right someone has to provide the million tokens of canto in order for this to happen correct so one of the problems that happens with listing is what if there's nobody willing to post that much of this coin and then also post um well yeah just post the liquidity for this to 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 exchange it with like tether or uscc or something um so where does that liquidity come from is one question. If it's something popular enough that market makers are interested, the professionals, they might provide that liquidity if they if it gets big enough. Um, why would like Binance provide this liquidity? They would provide it if they felt like, okay, this is a decent project. It looks like it's interesting. And we believe there's going to be a lot of trading volume. And we can make money back from these customers who are going to buy and sell, buy and sell all day long. And we make like 0.2 or 0.3% per trades and bot trading and I don't know what, and they make money. So if something gets big enough, which I think Osmosis did, and I don't know, by the way, when Osmosis got listed on Binance today or yesterday, if that happened because Osmosis worked with them in some form or fashion, or whether it was listed because Osmosis is just sufficiently big enough and Binance just listed automatically. If you're a brand new chain, um, and you're trying to get listed, um, that's going to be very difficult without you paying something um, up front. You are providing liquidity as a chain uh, so that Binance can make profit off the trades and have no risk of the actual liquidity that they hold because they don't want to gamble on your chain, right? They don't want to buy Canto or whatever it is and take a speculative bet themselves on this, they'd rather the chain make, take that bet and pay that money. So historically, like Binance and some of the others charged quite a lot to list a token um, because the risk to them is too high because they don't make enough on the trading fees to compensate for the possible dump of the token or whatever. So these so, are the kind of issues uh, that happen. Are, okay, so another surprising thing I heard you say is that a, an essentialized, a centralized exchange can just go in and list without well i guess they list without permission but it's like permission of what i guess yeah right? can, yeah they're they're like they're part of the community like anybody they can listen right interesting yeah so there's nothing preventing them from listing um coinbase i don't know if they're gonna like western exchanges i don't know if they're gonna become increasingly um sticklers about the securities uh tokens meaning uh i think this was one of the reasons why luna originally wasn't listed on coinbase because the team allocation of luna was like 50 or 55 percent or something uh so it's very centralized and is basically a security by any 
legal definition ever in yeah, any exactly. country. What's, what's actually their, their definition, what they would list and what they won't list? I mean, Coinbase has listed so much. Yeah, it's, it's all over the place. Oh, wait. Well, Convex? Or what did you say? Crap, not Convex. Oh, crap, crap. Said, sorry. Yeah. yeah, well, there used to be this thought that Coinbase was like more careful about who they listed and they did a lot of research and this, that, and the other thing. But actually, they started listing a bunch of garbage lately and they just started just like going wherever the attention was so they can get more ad revenue because like they want to post they want to they wanted to list things that they can make money on quickly and coinbase also tends to list things that are erc20 tokens quickly because the infrastructure have the infrastructure there there it's easy to list an erc20 so if you look at wrapped luna on coinbase the reason they listed it was one is because it was easy to list because it's erc20 and the second is because the ERC-20 version technically isn't a security because it's not the, it's a derivative of a security, right? Because it's not the real thing. <laughs> so that's why you had wrapped Luna on Coinbase. You never got real Luna on there, which is very weird. So yeah, um, anyway. And then like wrapped Luna became a mess because it's a bridge token. And like now it's like depegged from even Luna Classic and it's just, I don't know, it's a mess. So yeah, all of this, these derivatives and whatever, I'm, I'm like tired of bridges. Uh, like I'm not going to a million chains. I'm going to pick some interesting things, narrow it down to some few areas, you know, roam around the cosmos a little bit and like, you know, try not to divert my attention to too many things because, um, you know, there, there have been so many crashed um, with bridge related concerns. So anyway. Um, here's I'm gonna. I need to get uh, answer a phone real quick. Hmm. I don't have any topics of discussion whatsoever. I'm a terrible host. Let's um. Let's all talk about something we're grateful for. Um, I'll start and then Shroot, and then Miss Slinky, then Level Ten, then Sugar, in that order. Um. So I'll start by saying, I am thankful for my good health despite the UST crash? Uh, I'm thankful for where I live. Tomorrow I'm going to a hot spring at like 6 a.m. It's like a three-mile hike. Um, it's cold as fuck, but uh, it's like a really fantastic uh, day trip. So Nice. Is it me? Uh, Miss, Miss Slinky, uh, oh. could you share with the group? <laughs> I was spacing out. Oh, what am I thankful for? I'm thankful. I mean, I'm thankful for bull, these bull market conversations big time. It's, uh, it's quite fun to see everybody get a little creative, which inspires, I think, a lot of other people to get creative. Uh, I think we've talked about this before. I mean, Bruce, you know, like, holy moly, like what a crazy genius, witty person he is. Uh, yeah, definitely that type of thinking, I think, has it personally has inspired me to just be more lyrical when I'm writing an email. I don't know. It's wild. It like moves just beyond like crypto or it's like in my work and how I even talk to people. So it's cool. Mm, thanks. Thanks for talking about my boyfriend. Um in such a kind way it's, uh, it means a lot to him um level 10 would you like to share something with the group that you're thankful for 
Well, yeah, sure. I'm thankful, of course, for my family, but um, also for the fact that I am actually my own boss for more than 20 years now, more or less successful, and um, I can pretty much freely share my time and enjoy nature every time I can actually I live in the middle of the Alps. So it's a very beautiful place. And it's, um, even the worst decisions I made in the last year in regards to crypto, it helps a lot, you know. <laughs> so, no, but I'm good. You know, I see a big opportunity in this market. And um, one thing I learned is that um, you just don't give up, you know. That's that's basically the, the very basic principle to success. Yeah, that's all, guys. Well said. Well said. We're all going to make it. We just have to hang on a little bit longer. So I'm convinced, OX, that you had to say that because Bruce is sat beside you. <laughs> but I, I would be thankful for my bottle of wine, but I can't find where I put it down. <laughs> and apart from that, I'm really thankful for my new robot Uber, which I'm totally in love with. Um, Ears, have you been paying attention at all to Rune? Because somebody asked... Uh, why don't you guys talk about Rune? What's happening with it? Have you been paying too much attention there? Um, well, that's the reason I'm not so present in this space, and I don't have anything to talk about. I suppose I've been busy hacking it. Uh, I've been busy hacking Rune. It's a doomed <laughs> project, and uh, I want to kill it once and for all. I've had enough of the, the damn founder. What's his name? Um, Chad Barraford. He's he's a terrible musician, and uh, an even worse founder. So let's just get rid of it. Was it was hacked three times, right? I think it was three times, right? For the redemption, yeah, they like it's like one of those protocols that actually do come back crazily. I don't know, maybe we'll find out. Yeah, I'm just looking it up. What's that, yours? I'm just uh, looking and seeing what's going on. So I think uh, it was halted for some some consensus reason. I don't know what it. Uh, I was down for. 21 hours because I don't know. I don't know why it was okay. down. But all I can tell you is a very unreliable project um, and is doomed to fail. Just consider like how often the team always go on about how risky it is, how experimental it is, how complicated it is, and how it's really, really hard to predict if it's going to break. That's why they launched it this way. They launched it um, by slowly ramping up the amount of liquidity you can add in something called ChaosNet. So they branded it as ChaosNet because they know it's going to get hacked. So they let you just deposit a test amount and they said, please don't put in more than you're willing to lose because they know it's going to get hacked. Um, and then it did get hacked um, multiple times. And everybody thought the project was dead, but they said, no, that was the plan. That was always the plan. We knew we knew it would get hacked. That's why we called it ChaosNet. Now we're on mainnet. Okay. Now we're on mainnet, which means no more chaos, no more hacks. But look at what happens. It goes down anyway because it's just a, it's a project that's doomed to fail. I think it's actually this chain is based on the Stockholm syndrome, right? Like people, they, they just keep on believing that it's going to work one day. Ten, ten, we can't hear a word you're saying. It's like really noisy back there. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're doing, making toys or something. It's my headset. I've got to change it. Oh, it's it's like weirdly noisy for some reason. It's like a background noise. Anyway, um, yeah, and so I think here's uh, the thing about that was interesting about Rune is like the deterministic price model of the thing, and you know if you the value of Rune 
should be related to the value of all of the assets secured on the Rune blockchain. So an interesting piece of that was that you theoretically could um, like identify what a reasonably priced Rune would be based on how many multiples over the TVL on that blockchain Rune went. So like if Rune was priced at two times the value of the rest of the chain, then that had essentially like a, almost like a price to assets multiple of, you know, two. And if that number went to 10 to, you know, 10 to one, then that means that the value of Rune is too high. Um, so it, it actually created an interesting model for, uh, like trading the thing, I suppose, but I don't know how it's been doing lately. Um, you will notice that the deterministic price is always much, much lower than the actual price. And um, I think this was, this was very clever by them. This is a very clever marketing trick. No one's ever seen uh, some kind of weird arbitrage based on this, the amount of rune that's required to secure however much TVL. I don't think that there was ever an example of, I'm going to arb that. Um, or there's a, there's a, I mean, there have been loads of crazy arbs on Thorchain, don't get me wrong. Um, but not, not that, not that one, like when Terra went down and they, um, disconnected, but the pool on, on uh, sword chain was like, oh yeah, Luna, that's like 25 bucks, of course. Uh, but in reality it was like, like not point, you know, whatever, uh, like one tenth of a dollar or something, 10 cents. I think they call that, <laughs> I think they call that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Thor chain, cool idea. Uh, would it, would it work? I don't know. So you think because their main use case of it would be basically as a dex and a non-centralized dex for Bitcoin people mainly. Yeah, because it's expensive. It's like a it, it was like a like very whale luxury vibes was being shelled. Like oh, we can send lots of Bitcoin over here decentralized. But additionally, um, with the way I have a good friend who's a crypto investigator. So when things are hacked or whatever, bad things occur. Basically, he was saying that anytime you open up something such like Rune with all these different blockchains, like what Xerox is talking about with hacks, it's exponentially more risky. Right. But. <laughs> But the they smeared it over with this luxury of, oh, we are so cool. We can do everything Binance can, but on chain. And raise the fees really high. I mean, did, have you ever like swapped on Rune during uh, the how, bull market? How bad, the, how bad are the fees? Like as bad as ETH sometimes, I would say. Oh, no shit. I never really yeah. used Dex. I didn't realize it was that high. Yeah, like these were for, it was really like the big players. You would cut, like, what's the point of me buying a, like, I would have buy, I tried it a couple times just to see. But I think I bought, I don't know, like $500 worth of ETH through it. It costs almost at the time, eight rune, which was maybe like 88 bucks. Oh crap. That's yeah. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, 
I don't know. Uh, I mean, I own quite a bit of it still, and hopefully it'll just be a meme. But <laughs> this is why it seems like to me, like it's okay if you already chosen to use Bitcoin as a store of value function, and you have something like Cosmos that has a wide variety of chains, and you know you can diversify your risk and like try different things or whatever. Like to me, it's like I don't need too many other things to play in uh right like how many more things do you really need that's the thing i i don't know there was um i forgot there's two key important things that did definitely occur which is the liquidity pools uh the forgiveness program like the impermanent loss forgiveness if you hold something for a certain amount of days i think i think it was like a hundred days i could be a, a decent amount of time and I, I know a lot of people got burned pretty hard on that and then two um you could stake your Bitcoin on the Thorchain wallet and earn like 22%. I don't know if it was in Bitcoin or Rune, but still 22% is crazy, right? So, because they needed big sums of money, I guess that had to be pulled in. Um, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's risk free returns, right? Kind of sounds like an anchor, but very unsecure. <laughs> Well, if the yields high, yeah. was it because the fees were crazy? So that's what got paid out to people, or what? I have no no clue. I, it was just like it was only if it was on the Thorchain wallet. So they wanted like the wallet incentive to be used, I guess, too. Um, or like Thor. I don't know what the wallet's called, but somewhere yeah, else. So like, to me, I, the reason I don't personally have much use for Thorchain is. Like I'm not intending to send Bitcoin over there to trade for who knows what. I just don't have a lot of like I, I just don't personally get that much utility out of it. I get I can understand why someone would want such a thing. Um, I just don't personally use it, so I don't know the mechanics of it really well as far as like you know the tokenomics of a thing and this and that, um, or why it costs so much to make a trade. I, so I don't. That's why I don't. I didn't learn it that well because I don't have much use for it. Plus, I don't have any Ethereum. So, you know, that's strike two. And then I don't have happen to have like Monero and Doge or whatever the fuck else is like out there that people would trade on Thorchain. So, you know, I just never had a good reason to mess with it. Actually, I take that back. I bought Doge today um, in anticipation of some more Elon pumpage. But uh, outside of that, uh, anyway. I mean, you might as well buy it on Rune. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Get it on Rune. Get Dogecoin on Rune. Okay. That's the financial uh, advice of today. Steffi, uh, just do you think actually this, these kind of bridges are more like, uh, let's say, a, a way for exit liquidity for rock pools and what kind of scams and hacks are out there? You know, I mean. It's a kind of uh, immutable bridge, right? Wait, what's what's an immutable bridge? Thorchain? Yeah, basically you can. I mean, with a with a with with a sex, you have a lot more problem. Like Binance or KuCoin, if you move a lot of coins in there, it draws a lot of attention, right? But I think sometimes I really think some projects they're just built to actually provide some exit liquidity for scammers and all these kinds of people, you know. 
Yeah, I don't think Thorchain is that. I mean, the, I think the team is real and everything. Uh, it's a very complicated project, and they're very public, fully doxed and everything else. So I don't think that's what this is. But uh, in order to like make that work, um, essentially, the you reduce the risk by allowing people to keep their coins on, in theoretically on uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum, etc., native wallets. Um, where exactly the the hack risks are and how does this function like a regular bridge versus the Thorchain bridge? Uh, like, uh, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure about the technicalities of that. Oh, um, I hacked, I hacked the Thorchain, several of their bridges. Now the difference between Thorchain bridges and regular bridges is that Thorchain, um, hops, hops them around. So like, it's like a moving bridge. It's like always kind of churning around. One minute it's over here, and the next minute it's a different address. And then some other validator hops in, and now the active set's been churned around, and it's like, whoa. So it's constantly moving and making it very difficult for people to hack it. But it's still a bridge. Um, and they're just, it's just a special bridge that sort of wobbles around. Um, so I think that's probably the analogy. And they have one to Litecoin, I think, one to Doge chain, no, Doge coin uh doge and then they have one to bitcoin ethereum uh what else they got bnb i think i can't remember i honestly don't know um and they might have added a whole bunch more but yeah uh, they that's can kind easily, of the unique they selling can point. easily incorporate anything that's um a bitcoin hard fork type of uh coin essentially so that's why they have so many of those on there yeah yeah exactly um but yeah, is it is it worthwhile? Yeah, probably. It's just a way of getting some kind of value from an isolated chain like Litecoin. Like, who the fuck has Litecoin? Some people do. Um, maybe they don't, for some reason, want to go back to a centralized exchange. Maybe, I don't know why they left in the first place. Uh, and maybe they want to hop across from Litecoin to... Uh, um, to Ethereum without touching Binance or anything. That's this is how you can do it. So um, yeah, that's kind of useful. But it's it's certainly like it's still automated market making. So they'll never be able to do anything like Binance sort of scale um, or trading experience or like no one's going to market make on it because it's all automated. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's probably it's probably useful for some niche niche use cases. And if in reality, like this whole sort of Thorfi thing where they're going to give you 20% on your Bitcoin and things like that, they were also going to mint a stablecoin in the same mechanism as UST as part of that Thorfi PDF, if you remember that. Um, and that got shot down by quite a lot of people. And that was probably a very good idea that they didn't do that. So they're, they're obviously like experimenting and deciding how they're going to make this more interesting for people because they won't be adding central limit order books so they won't be like moving away from the AMM model, but at the same time, what what do they do? Add synthetics. This is pretty obvious. like that's the only thing they can really do. They could do some kind of I mean yeah synthetics and um, some kind of saving account Ponzi thing. That's probably what um, what they need to do. Well, I yeah. thought we did have science. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the rune thing. Uh, I think it's a question right now. Here uh, is like. If you plan on using it for something, you know, using the DEX function for some reason, it's the only reason that is obvious to play on there, and as far as I can tell. But if you don't find yourself, 
if you don't find yourself actually using those functions, the whole thing is kind of like, I don't know that rune would be the thing I would speculate on. Right. I guess, I mean, I've seen many key uh, old lunatics really shout about route. And I don't even know if that's comparable. Is that the same thing? Um, Do we know? So, so route is significantly less complicated as far as I understand it. So, um, so with Thorchain, you can do like this, this idea is you can take native assets and swap them for one another, like Bitcoin for Ethereum or something like that. Um, but I think Router uh, swaps it into some other unit of account. It's, it's just like a big glorified. It's a bit like um, Axelar as far as I know, but I don't, I don't really know to be. And you can send messaging, same as Axelar. Uh, is it his own chain? Does anyone know? Is Router chain? <laughs> do they have their own blockchain sort of intermediary sort of thing going on? You're asking if route does i'm not sure what their mechanisms yeah. are i haven't used it either no i don't know not only that but like what is the value accrual mechanism for the token that's a separate question i'm, I'm not sure what the tokenomics there are either and that's probably something to look at carefully i, th I think a big narrative for the next five years is going to be uh chains that actually make money doing something uh, actual revenue streams is probably where the largest sort of whale money will go so you want to go to the things that um you know smart money wants to bother with um so that large large capital flows can come in and i think uh some of the big things that look like they attract capital are anything that related to low price high frequency trading perpetuals things like that like industrial grade utility in a DeFi um, space, I think that sort of thing works well. Um, like the GMXs of the world and things of that nature, I think would do well. But outside of that, like, uh, how do you find, like, how are people going to attach useful utility to DeFi things? That's a big question mark still. I don't think anyone's really done. Like, I don't know, ears, have you seen anything really, really great? Like, I think people have worked on things like, I don't know, like, tickets for events and little things like that but even those things aren't big enough applications to be like speculating on so uh, yeah i think there's a few ways of looking at it i think the only thing that really the only use case that crypto has is speculation and um gambling uh, at this moment in time um <laughs> like at the bottom like that's like the fundamental thing that's happening below everything else so whether it's a gaming chain, it's so that you can earn the best items so you can sp speculate on them or, or sell them or something like that. Um, if it's, uh, I don't know, what's another example of a non-DeFi chain? Like, I mean, NFTs, obviously, you know, speculation. Uh, any of these real-world use cases you tack a token to, sort of like a um, 2017-style pro project. Like, I saw someone is going to do Uber with tokens um i don't know it just feels like very regressive and it doesn't really make too much sense like de decentralized uber you know it's not going to be very uh well run i i yeah it, there's there's not too many use cases for crypto right now um maybe maybe the social media angle is quite interesting so like on-chain id on-chain attestations um certification that sort of thing like oh 
you know, um, where, where do you study? Oh, look, here's, here's my NFT with all my information about what I studied and my qualifications and my old jobs. And, oh, look, someone left, my neighbor left me a bad review. <laughs> he says I'm a dickhead. He's here too. Um, so like on-chain ID is, is probably like a decent, a decent idea. Uh, like Lens is kind of trying to do that, tie together all of your different social media profiles um, and have it on the blockchain like this, this ID. Uh, so that's kind of cool. But, well, there's the things that are interesting utilities, but then there's like, Oh, what is investable is a different thing. Like, like is there enough oh, money yeah. made in that particular thing that it's worth buying it? Right. That's the, oh, for sure. Any any of these factor. any of these pitches need to have a grand vision of how they're going to capture some huge market and what's the problem and blah blah blah, all that stuff. Um, yeah, like I mean, you can monetize most things if you. I mean, if if you have something really interesting, let's say, let's say you have like Lens Protocol, for example, just like taking the last one we talked about um let's say it sort of becomes the linchpin of all your social media profiles and it's like okay how do you how do you monetize this well we we can do all kinds of things people probably wouldn't appreciate ads but um i mean maybe it's ads maybe it's charging some kind of very low nominal fee but because so many people have it it's like uh, okay i'll pay my subscription um yeah but it's it's overall um we just have to wait for the speculators to turn up again and um, yeah yeah people are largely running out of like things to create that generate new value and um uh there's nothing particularly about the DeFi space that creates like special inventions like you're not curing cancer or something like that right like you're you're uh you're not uh going to fly from uh, like Paris to New York on a, a, a decentralized application. Like you're not, uh, you're not going to be able to eat uh, the latest token, <laughs> you know? So um, yeah, outside of trading instruments and stuff and uh, sort of like outside of a store of value and some economic activity. Um, yeah. It's, it's like, how, how do you get away from the Ponzi-nomics and actually create something of real utility is something that people yeah. haven't figured out yet. The, that's that's exactly it because so for example um let's what was the project where you could like get a router and there was like we're going to like incentivize people to run little routers all around the world and it was like a, a big web of uh, yeah like providing it to helium access. or something what's it called helium. yeah that's it helium yeah now, now how do you how do you make helium work without inflationary uh, tokenomics uh, you can't but you you need you can probably find a way to incentivize that as sort of a larger system um you know it's get a like larger the, it's like of, the avon products of the internet it's yeah. like this multi-level yeah. marketing hey look i have these things you should get some too and build this thing and yeah yeah um but not to sound too down on this whole thing i think actually um just thinking about gaming so like there is a genuine improvement so if you look at all these free-to-play gaming models like people turn up and they they pay you like good money like quite a lot of money for these microtransactions and buying skins and buying packs and things like that in games like um and then they can't sell it so it's like it's it's uh it's like renting so you're like you're renting that that online thing whatever it is football players in FIFA or guns in Counter-Strike or something. But now if you can then sell it, uh, it changes the whole, it changes the whole game. Um, 
it means that you're not it's not renting anymore it's you're actually owning so this it's like a step it's a step improvement in many ways for for gamers um but then it opens the door to like okay what does that economy look like and now now you have to think seriously about in-game economies which is um something that ea wouldn't have to do normally they just say pay us money and we'll give you some fake points it doesn't matter how many fake points there are because you can't sell them um so but yeah that's that's maybe one interesting thing i think gaming could be a, a narrative in the next the next run it seems like a good one that's why i'm designing a gaming chain uh let's see what else yeah that's 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 the one that comes to the front of my mind at the moment and guys, have you actually seen what Jack Dorsey is doing with that TBD story there, with that decentralized identity and decentralized uh, web server nodes basically serving content? Yeah, there's no, a good podcast no. on it from Prof G or Professor Galloway. He, I mean, he's been covering deads and basically whatever this one five thing is for a while. I can find the podcast and send it to you. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, that's it's kind of interesting, and I think Jack Dorsey is one of the more lit people in this world, you know. Right. Um, from what my, I mean, I don't know how much you know about it or the audience knows about it, but essentially, dids are you are allowing permissions, obviously, of what you want to share with said parties, and. Um, that in turn also reflects into what you want to have advertised to you as well, instead of this web two bullshit where you're just like inundated with ads that, you know, don't even fit what I want, what I would even want to buy. Right. So it actually is creating an efficient market, not only for you, but lack of fresh, like better data sets for advertisers as well. Right. But currently, Facebook probably knows my social security number. But with a did, I would allow them not to know stuff like that. Mm, yeah, like segment it, compartmentalize your data, basically. Yeah, it's like a multi-sig, multi I don't know how to explain it, but it's... Uh, as far as I understood it, you could easily explain it as a yellow page, but a reverse one, you know, so you can actually find clients, but they're still anonymous on the web. So you can give it a shot and try to advertise and you really find the people that are interested in your stuff without really knowing who they are. Right. It's extremely um, efficient as well as, uh, I guess you say private, which is... I think what everybody wants right now. Thanks for checking out another episode of the ether. That was part one of a two part Chepe space, the cosmos strategy recorded on Friday, October 28th, 2022 for terraspaces.org. I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support there. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam, 
focus. Starscream jokers living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back with the cliffs at our backs make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den vision in the middle men. Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-B-B-Billion Little Dan envisioning the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds view. Gotta find cover. Wipe off the bird poop. Ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth. Slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion. In the middle men, listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-B-B-Billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-B-B-Billion Terror Spaces